decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hello, I am not in the chat. I didn't even tell anybody I hated them today. Oh my God, the show's falling apart. We haven't even started off on the right foot. Uh, breaking news. Jesse? Well, yeah, did you see that? I did. What was your favorite uh, Jesse in jail moment? It's already over. I know. How could they do that? Well, it sounds like what has happened is he has been granted release uh, within the last few hours by an appellate court pending his appeal of his conviction on the five felonies. So it's not as though jail is off the table. They're saying he doesn't have to sit in jail during his appeal process. Oh, that headline was misleading. And I didn't read beyond the headline because apparently I've learned nothing working in independent media for the last six years. Whatever the case, he's either out of jail at the moment or is going to leave jail imminently. And then they'll have this appeal process. And if he doesn't win on his appeal, then my understanding is he still goes back to jail for his 150 day sentence. So Whatever. he's not he's not out of it, but it's been um, it's been <laughs> it's been quite the whirlwind. And part of uh, I don't know if this was part of the reasoning that the appellate court brought uh, or, or bought rather. Um, but his family was alleging that he had received sodomy threats in prison oh like he wouldn't love that with a broomstick with a broomstick was the but apparently he could get into that too his family says they received a voicemail and i've seen transcriptions of this voicemail but if anybody has heard audio of the jesse smollett sodomy threat voicemail please send it my way i would love to hear this piece of audio but uh, come on he gets to go to prison and do exactly what he's doing at home um yeah, maybe maybe he has even more time for that sort of activity. I don't know. Broom sodomy? Uh, or just, you know, whatever sort you might prefer. You could get very creative with all those hours in the day, not doing much else. Anyway, uh, the other piece of breaking news, the $14 billion wasn't enough. Joe Biden announces nearly a billion dollars more in aid for Ukraine. And, and I love the reporting. It's not it's a bunch of military hardware, but specifically like a th- I forget how many rifles, thousands of rifles. So nobody needs an assault weapon except for Ukrainians at your expense. He, he finishes up the State of the Union where he rips all of us for thinking that the deer have Kevlar vests. And I guess the deer in Ukraine are roaming around with Kevlar vests because the Ukrainians need exactly the sort of weapons that we're not supposed to have, and we have to pay for them. Are we going to have to take a bunch of Ukrainian refugees? Well, at least they're white. (laughs) Okay. Starting off solid. All right. Uh, You guys know how the call-in show works. Um, At least most of you do. If uh, If you're new to the show, and you would like to uh, learn how to participate, there are instructions for how to do so in the uh, description, wherever you may be watching the stream. Uh, And um, if you'd like to participate, but you're having trouble getting in live or you can't uh, participate live, you can send us an email question, of course, 
The one and only place uh, to do that is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We will get to your email questions at the end of the stream as we do each week. We'll stop every half hour to check in with your super chats as well. Any other items before we hop into the callers? Nope. All right. Uh, Cigar Bro is up first. Mr. Cigar Bro, are you there? Hi, how are you doing? How are you guys doing? We Good, are well. What's on your mind? Good. Um, just a reminder, I am that police officer for those who are listening and everything. In Baltimore? Uh, yes, former Baltimore. Wow. So, so you moved? Um, yeah, to a different uh, jurisdiction and everything. Wow. Working in a different place. But um, I know it's been a minute since I've been on the call-in show, but to kind of like update you guys with everything here since it's since everyone's kind of going off towards Ukraine and everything it's yeah. not that it's not important, but, uh, the amount of officers that have like been feloniously killed like last year in 2021 has been, has been the highest since 1995. So right now it's like 75 officers have been like actually killed by bad guys since 1995. If you want to include 9-11, then it's been that way. Then it's, I will say this. It hasn't been this high since 9-11, but if you really, if you don't include that, then it hasn't been that high since 1995. Yikes. Yeah. And it's interesting because the whole defunded police thing has like kind of Homer Simpson into the bush Mm -hmm. to where everyone's kind of, they stopped talking about it. Everyone realized that they finally realized that it's not a good idea, but the damage has already been done in the sense of now nobody we're struggling to get recruits and we're struggling to retain people. And a lot of the more senior people are leaving and trying to go to like easier uh, professions, whether it be inside the department doing admin positions or just doing something else entirely. And the culture has been, it's now acceptable to like kind of antagonize the cops and just to do a lot of things where honestly, like, I mean, I don't, this is all I know. All I know is the, the 2020 riots and everything. So I'm like, I've been on the job for three years, but apparently nobody has really done this. When I asked the, the more senior people, it's like, no, they, they, they had it, but it wasn't as often. Like when you say you're stuff. talking about just people coming up and harassing police, is that mm-hmm. yeah, as in what, part. just like it's calling them names or verbal harassment? Um, or are you talking like physical attacks? Not physical attacks. Um, Outside of the murders, I guess, but no, (laughs) not necessarily murders, but like um, just people coming up and just crowding people. Just like, I mean, everybody's just like pulling out the phones and shoving it in people's faces and stuff. Um, Hmm. Also, another thing it's also interesting is like I've gotten to more fights. Um, Luckily, I've been training martial arts and stuff like that since I've been since I got I've been working this profession, but. Uh, it's interesting because a lot more people are more willing to fight us and we're like, really, is it, um, I don't, is it like a resisting arrest scenario or is it just people picking fights? Resisting, resisting arrest, I should say. So like if I have to actually arrest somebody, they're more likely to, I guess, because of the narrative that's been already put out there, which a lot of it is blatant lies. Some of it's valid, some of it, but a lot of it's not to where they will, they think that like, I, I don't know. They think I'm going to like kneel on their neck for eight minutes for reality. <laughs> like, like that's literally one guy out of like million of millions of interactions with law yeah. enforcement. So 
and it's just it gets to me it gets frustrating but like the at the end of the day i don't really care so but that's just the update right now with like us cops unless you guys have any questions or well, anything i don't know so you're saying and you're saying that you're in you're having more hostile encounters in a more rural place that you moved to um so it's not necessarily i i, I did say before it was more rural um and but it's not Maybe downtown. I mean, it's not urban yeah, it's Baltimore. Not, it's it's some, not urban Baltimore. It's yeah. more like, Ugh. I would say suburban. It's more like suburban with, and, and I'm still in like section eight areas. Oh, okay. 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 Well, how do these, what does host- that mean? <laughs> how did these, uh, <laughs> how did these hostilities compare to what you experienced in Baltimore? Is it, is it actually, do you feel like it's, it's safer where you are now or is it basically the same? I, I, it's like, it, there's like, there's like pros and cons, at least in the city even though we were so short staffed, at least everybody was around, at least they were like less than five minutes away. Whereas like here where you start getting to like the the back end and stuff like that and you need help, it's like they're maybe pushing 10, 15 minutes away. And like, you're the only guy there that has to handle it. And it's it's very interesting. But to go towards like the harassment stuff, I would say that it's it's more aligned towards the city um, where it, it was, it was just kind of commonplace just to see it. But for the, for, for where I'm at right now, it's like, it's maybe, maybe it's just because like, I don't see it as often. Maybe it happens less, but like the times where it does come out is like a lot more aggressive. Yeah. And maybe hmm. I'm not, maybe okay. I'm not explaining that correctly or may I, I'm, well, you, I'm like I, first, if I understand, I'm you're just show. saying if they if they do get aggressive, it's really aggressive. It's not just like a, a shove or a mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's someone trying to fight you or trying to trying to have a, a very serious physical encounter. Yeah, for for when in reference, like for suspects that we have to arrest for the most part. Yeah, I mean, so I don't. Like not, I I mean, it's got it's got to be hard enough to apprehend these people who mm-hmm. have decided they want to be violent, but to do it with the frame of mind that you guys now have to, where you know that the slightest mistake could be um, the end of your life, literally, or the end of your life in the form of say a, a, a life prison sentence or something like that. I, I, I don't, I can't imagine how you are supposed to deal with some of these people physically with the constraints that have been placed upon you by a lot of these, you know, prosecutors and, and a lot of, yeah. well, even and luckily, yeah. yeah. And luckily I, I see your point, but luckily where I'm at, um, the prosecutor is very like, he, he actually likes law enforcement. He'll work with us and everything mm. compared to Marilyn Mosby, who's now federally indicted. Um, that's who, the, uh, is, is that the Baltimore lady or who's yes, that? That would, she is the, uh, the joke is that we call her the Maryland's greatest, uh, defense attorney for Baltimore city. Um, was she the she mayor just, or she's, she's the DA. She, so she is the district attorney for, for Baltimore city. See, and I, she's the one that charged the six cops during when Frank oh, Ray yeah. died on the police custody. She's get, one of the first wolf DAs. I would say an original. I get confused yeah. because the Baltimore mayor was also corrupt. That one, yes. who's that one woman she, who, who um, mayor out. Rawlings was the one. Yeah. Mayor Rawlings was the one. And she was trying to get FEMA money. And yeah. then there was one before her, Shell Dixon, who stole like gift cards that were meant to give off to homeless people. And she almost won the election. Um, but there's another one. Brandon Stealing Scott, gift was, cards for the homeless. Wow. Yes. Okay. So, but yeah, man. All right. Well, um, thank you for the update. I always appreciate your calls. Do you have yeah, anything no, else you'd like to say before we let you go? No, just uh, appreciate you guys doing what you do and just uh, keep it on going. So. 
Thank you. Thank you, man. Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Man. I don't know how to talk to cops. I'm still like, I don't have any weed, I swear. <laughs> well, uh, next up is J-Val. J-Val, are you there? Hello. Yes. What's what's on I, your mind? Um, I just had, um, well, one point I wanted to make and then kind of an interesting thing that's been happening in our area in the middle America. Um, the first point that I wanted to make is kind of directed at Blonde, and I just want to point out that um, if it wouldn't be for inner city violence, um, we would not have gun rights right now. Really? Like the silver and, lining. <laughs> yeah. Like the second amendment would have been repealed if, if, vi- if violence was low and people wouldn't have felt the need to own a gun for protection. Um, okay. Like in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, and I'm thinking like a lot of Europe, I know there are a few key exceptions in Europe, like Switzerland, but most of Europe, like they just don't feel the need for it. I don't know. I I don't because I don't feel like a lot of it is for protection in the United States. There's so many gun hobbyists and there isn't really that culture in any of these other countries. Well, there's that. But there's also um, like you you also see like when gun rights or, or gun control advocates get like they seem to be making movement that all just completely died in 2020. Yeah, that's kind of the basis I'm making that assertion. Hmm. Like, if mm. it wouldn't be for BLM riots, we probably would have got David Hogg's stuff passed. What I don't know. David Hogg did a pretty good job of converting his own, uh, <laughs> a lot of people to, to gun rights uh, perspectives as well. Actually, yeah. uh, seriously speaking, uh, it's not that I was an opponent before because my change in views on guns was kind of underway beforehand. But David Hogg and and the rest of his Parkland friends were the final nudge that pushed me over to actually getting a concealed carry permit, taking it more seriously. David Hogg, um, I had never I hadn't bought an AR until David Hogg. It was a few months afterward until in in 2018 when I bought my first. He would hate it to know that. Yeah. So David Hogg personally uh, nudged me because. I was basically all the way there, but as soon as I saw this momentum of like, yeah, these people sincerely want to take away not yeah, just your property, but your that, right to defend yourself. I was like, all right, uh, time to time, time to get out, more serious yeah. about this and, yeah. and yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. David Hogg was definitely polarizing. Like he pushed bleeding heart. If you weren't like already past a certain point, you're going to, you know, be more that way. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. Um, the other point I wanted to or update is um, we have, I think it's 17 Afghan refugees living in our little town here in the Midwest. What? Um, Do you guys they, keep tabs um, on them? Is this a result uh, actually, of... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, go No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to ask, is this, a, is this a result of refugees as in from the kind of mass fleeing that happened at the end of last summer? Or were they there? Yes. Were they settled beforehand? Uh, yeah. It, it, so they these were... Um, I would actually say that we get kind of lucky with this particular group. They're not like Afghan military, like regulars. They were more akin to like the Marines equivalent. Hmm. So like they were actually an effective fighting force. Now that's of course the stories that were told. I'm inclined to believe them. They seem pretty, um, how would you say? Seem pretty intelligent. 
Um, even though the language barrier is very <laughs> How difficult. would you say? <laughs> How do you say well, that? No, I, How I, do I get say you. that they're stuff. not stupid camel jockeys? How do I say that? <laughs> I mean, no, okay, I, I totally get you. It's, it's yeah, funny yeah, phrasing, I mean, that's like, all. They're, they're, yeah, they, they seem to be very observant and they catch on to things. Like, I, you know, I kind of gauge it by how fast they catch on to stuff and stuff like that. Um, when you say language barrier, do they speak English at all or just poorly? Uh, well, I'm, I'm asking sincerely. Poorly. He says language it's, barrier. Yes, it's not a one of them speaks fluent English. And the best, like the culture barrier is also there. So you can say something that they understand, but they don't understand what it means because mm-hmm. like the culture is just so different. Yeah. I mean, like, there are a couple of interesting tidbits. Like um, if you say, th- like call them Arabs, they actually get offended. Um, hmm. They're Why? not Arabic. They are per Persian. Se. Yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah, they're, um, they're actually look kind of Eastern European. Um, hmm. Gross. Kind of like your Eastern European slash Indian. You can't say that. Um, you just said you liked Ukrainian refugees. You got to pick. <laughs> I, said, I didn't say I liked them. I said at least they're white. <laughs> okay. Ish. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Jury's still out to, on the Slavs. You know? I'm just trying to figure out who, who counts in the refugee tolerability uh, Tolerability column here. index. Yeah. But yeah, you, you I mean, the answer to that. There, this is a good time for that. Like we, our labor market is so ridiculous right now. Like we all, I think 10 of them were just hired off the bat at a local uh, factory. Mm hmm just because of a labor shortage and they offered to pay all, uh, you know, interpreters to come in, which of course also are impossible to find, but you yeah. Know. Yeah. Um, so if they're going to come, you know, now's the best time when we actually need people working. Um, well, um, I, I, that's one way to look at it, I guess, but, um, I, I mean, I, well, blonde has her furrowed brow. I suppose I should. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine. And I mean, there is no like, if they're going to come. Why? Why? Well, why? 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 The, the why is because of failed policy by our leaders. Yeah, but I don't like I mean, this this uh, acceptance that they're just going to have to come. And they don't. They don't. We can throw out these 17 Afghans. Why aren't you people running them out of town? Uh, well, I mean, we need the workers. I mean, the. Ah, oh, that's boomer nonsense. Get some poor white people to do it. Wait, there are no <laughs> poor white people around here that aren't already working. Like, like I said, well, I don't know rich. the situation. I don't know the situations yeah. of that town. Um, it, but I, well, like, I guess that's an art. Uh, this to to give as much credit to this as as possible. That's an argument I haven't heard. That that they should be resettled to satisfy our labor needs. The, the argument that I always hear is, okay, these are people that helped us militarily in Afghanistan and we should do right by them. Yeah. That's the other side of it too. That, I mean, yeah, that, that's kind of the thing you fall back. I'm more, I'm more skeptic, susceptible. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a the, more appealing argument. To me. These people like definitely did stuff like supposedly when they were told to give their weapons to the Taliban, you know, by our guys, you yeah. know, the, the Americans, they instead went out and set fire to them and blew them all up. Oh, that's which, sweet. Maybe we should which protect is them. Another, yeah. And <laughs> we can again, use them for story. our purposes now. Yes. Yeah, really. Can we good turn with these? Yeah. Can we turn these Afghans on white leftists? 
<laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, okay, they are well, smack in the middle of an Amish community, which actually is kind of an interesting, um, how would you say, dynamic. Um, okay. I don't know. Muslim well, I, yeah, I don't, I guess Muslim. I don't know what to, I don't know what to expect in a, I don't know what to expect in terms of uh, Afghan, Afghan military Amish relations. Or I have dynamics. a lot of mixed feelings about this. Uh, call yeah, back pretty, when you have your first like Amish fourteen-year-old rape. And <laughs> I mean, none of them are. Well, yeah, I wouldn't suspect, but there does seem to be like all of a sudden, like one day we got up and there was a guy, uh, Afghan guy, who moved from California because this was looking like a better place for him than Cal. Yeah, than even California, hmm. just because of the job situation. I don't know. Um, I'm more, I'm more I, sympathetic because we kind of destroyed these people's country, and if they helped us militaristically, then we kind of can't fuck them over. However, I, you know, can you really take the Afghan out of the Afghani, or are they going to well, rape some Amish girls? That's going to happen. Well, but that, but the thing is, is like they see a cultural similarity between the Amish. Like they actually took one look at the Amish, and do you know what the word is that they use to describe them? Patriarchy. They said they look. They said they look like the Taliban. The Amish? The Amish? Because of the yes, beards the or Amish what? The Amish men beards. Yeah. They, they said they look like the Taliban. Oh, you mean the, like physically? I thought you meant yeah. like structurally. Well, well, and also like the fact that they're extremely conservative and, you know, traditional. Like that's kind of the, and religious, that's kind of the Taliban's mojo compared to the other. I suppose. Uh, but are the, uh, are the Amish executions as brutal? <laughs> I don't know about that. Not exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Do they use those two-person saws to cut people's heads off? You know? <laughs> that the Amish excommunicate, you know, anyway. the Taliban yeah. would execute, you know. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, thank you for the uh, the story. This uh, it's uh, well, uh, I just yeah. appreciate hearing it. Thank you for that. Yeah, it's it's interesting, and I'll definitely try to give you guys updates. Um, yeah. So thank you, Ben. Have a great night. You too. I got uh, apparently. God, apparently, so there are funny. <laughs> yeah. apparently there are um some technical difficulties with the odyssey stream so rather what? than as in we're not live on odyssey right now apparently um and n- rather than spend a bunch of time trying to figure that out i think i will just uh call a mulligan on tonight's stream on odyssey and i will make sure that we're good to go for sunday so i apologize if you're an odyssey stream listener um obviously you can't hear me if you are but um, if uh, well, I could I could just uh, if you give me one second, I could let the person know who his hand uh, who let me know about the um, Odyssey stream. Um, could you let the chat know for me that we will not be there tonight? Thank you. There we go. I uh, appreciate you bearing with my um, handling production issues while live, but, uh, but yeah, we'll just, we'll stick live on the uh, other platforms and we'll make sure that that is resolved for Sunday. And my apology to the Odyssey, to the Odyssey audience. I said Odyssey as like audience, Odyssey audience. That's kind of a tongue twister. Anyway, uh, great story, compelling and rich. Yep. Let's talk to Batman. Wouldn't be what it is. Hello. Batman, you're live. Be careful. I forgot. You don't want the Joker to hear your plots. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I um, I wasn't actually going to bring that up, but uh, I'm really, I, I really mean, bad at doing stuff. 
I figure you've got you've got a business and a kid. I'm not about to jump down your throat. I'm about to replace Blonde with a hardworking Afghan refugee any day. I swear to God. (laughs) Think about the Matt and I once made love jokes. (laughs) It's uh, the Matt and Ahmed show coming (laughs) soon. Anyway, things probably wouldn't be that different. This is America. Um, Everyone must be killed. Yeah, Yeah, you might tune in and be like, damn right, this Ahmed. I know. Yeah. Hey, Ahmed. Looking good. What do you want, Batman? (laughs) Well, uh, it's been a while for me since I've purchased a new firearm, and I'm feeling that itch again. So um, I've been looking at at things recently um, to that end, um, ideas for what I might like to do, which, of course, is heavily limited because New York sucks all of the balls that have ever existed, past, present, and future. Um, <laughs> wow. But it's um, so many balls. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a fuck ton of balls. There's just balls everywhere. But um <laughs> I've been I've been peeking at the um at that new uh CZ Evo and I know you've got one of the one of the older ones. Is that right? Yeah. Uh yeah, it's it's uh in terms of value, it's one of my favorite guns. Um, the Scorpion, I have the Scorpion th- uh, Evo 3. And I think what you're talking about is the 3 Plus that they just announced. Yeah, the S1 um, that uh, was released, I think, a little bit, a little while ago. It's like a carbine version. Oh, okay. They just announced like a, a different, a version with some different furniture, but it's the same. Mechanically, it's the same gun. But yeah, they're great. Um, they're, they're awesome guns. People have different feelings about um, like pistol caliber carbines, but. I don't know. I think they're they're fun range shooters, and I think they're really practical for for home defense. So uh, I'm a big fan. But well, it's it's certainly sh- uh, cheaper to shoot than you know any any uh, any rifle is going to be. Yeah, uh, nine mil has come down to a somewhat reasonable. Uh, you can you can get nine mil for like thirty five forty cents a round, and it's yeah, I mean it's, it's better more than than it used to be, but. Well, yeah, back in the good old days, you used to be able to find it for, you know, maybe ten cents around if if you, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you found a good deal. But okay, so uh, are yeah, you are you super I, set on it, or are you just kind of uh, shopping? I'm still I'm still in the looking around phase, but I am a big fan of CZ, um, and I've uh, I've liked the way that the Scorpion looks for a long time. Um, so I was that was definitely sort of near the top of my list, and I don't have a pistol caliber carbine uh, right now, um, though I've fussed around with them for years. Uh, so yeah, I was just uh, I was curious as to you know, do you have any 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 tips as to whether or not it's um, like uh, d- does it tend to foul quickly? Do you have to clean it a lot? No, it's, you know, it's run great. Like um, I've had mine for almost four years now. And, um, that was one of my summer, summer after David Hogg gun purchases. I was just talking about how David Hogg inspired me to, to buy several guns. <laughs> CZ Scorpion was one of those guns. And that was, that was my entry gun into kind of the, the, the PCC market. Um, and that was, that was the gun through which I learned all the bullshit rules about, what counts as a pistol and what counts as a short barreled rifle and pistol braces and all that nonsense. It was through a CZ Scorpion. The, um, it, I, I don't know that I've ever had a malfunction through mine and I'm sure it has a couple thousand rounds through it at this point. So mm-hmm. it's ran great. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, it's it's an awesome gun. It was a pretty good deal when I got it. I know the price has gone up a little bit on those, just like everything else. The only thing, the only downside I could say about it is it is kind of a chunky gun. Um, it's a blowback gun. It's got a giant, like the whole bolt uh, in that gun is just a giant brick. So when you shoot it, that thing, I mean, you can kind of feel it. It sort of has a kind of a strong recoil for a nine millimeter gun just because it's got this giant bolt in it. But um, well, my first gun was an M44. I think I'll be able to handle it. Yeah, it's. I'm not saying it's like not it's not shootable. It clearly is. It's just it's it's bouncing a brick back and forth and it's probably got a little more. It's just got a, a a lot of weight bouncing around in it, so it's it's maybe a little more to handle for a pistol caliber than some other uh, designs. But for the value, man, Fair I enough. can't really argue. I think they're great guns. I there's a reason I I have mine and love mine. Hmm. Okay, we'll have to keep that in mind. Uh, do you do you have like a um? Did you ever wind up getting a brace on yours? Or yeah, yeah, mine's braced. Okay. So yeah, I, I have one of the old SB like the, SB braces on it. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I definitely like the look of the shorter one um, more than the, the carbine version. But again, New York just balls everywhere. Yeah. And I don't place. know. Um, I, I'm not a hundred percent clear on the ballistic performance on longer barrels on nine millimeter. I'm not sure that it, you can get a, a 16, a 16 inch barrel for the sole purpose of just having a stock on it. But as far as the ballistic performance, I'm not sure that there actually is a ton of reason to have a 16 inch barrel in your nine millimeter gun. I might uh, don't quote me on that, though, because I'm not sure on the on the exact ballistics of that. But I don't know. I mean, the, the one I have is just your standard. It's like a nine inch barrel CZ Scorpion pistol brace on it. It's great. I can yeah, see I blonde's really, eyes really glazing over. <laughs> so I'll stop talking about specs. But yeah, my uh my my calls usually revolve more around um you know how everything sucks and you know there are specific people that um there are walls and rifles to be applied but um <laughs> yeah, this is I don't for, know. I this is for a purpose a that blonde today. can understand it's we need the exact configuration it's, it's kind of my fault for not caring like i sh- i should care it's very important <laughs> Um, l- let me put it this way though. If there was, uh, if I could only take one gun out of my safe, the Scorpion would be on the short list. I'm not sure it's the f- one I would take at the end, but as far as like the value of the buy, it's on the short list of guns I would keep for sort of a wide variety of purposes. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a bad buy. Well, and I think as a home defense weapon, you know, the little, little, um, little, braced things like that i'm going to say braced but you know what i mean um little braced things like that are like the perfect sort of you know room clearing configure configuration it folds up it's small you can stash it in a backpack you can stash it in a bunch of places and um yeah it's great and and it's you're gonna if you're like me not that i'm i'm not the worst handgun shot in the world but i'm definitely not the best and if, <clears> if you know if you need to know that your shot is going to land being able to shoulder the weapon in full atf compliance um, is important <laughs> so yeah i think that's a smart move all right well i will keep that uh i will keep that advice in mind <laughs> cool man well if you decide to uh if you decide to pick one up let me know I will do that. All right. Thanks, dude. Good luck. That's all I had for the night. Yeah. Have a great night. Bye-bye. All right. You too. Bye-bye.
All right. I'm sorry to bore you with such things. It's a great gun. Fun to talk about. It's terrible. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are due for a break. Over on DLive, we're good. So let me hop over to Tippy Stream. Uh, Phil says, just a few days left of this winter illness, winter of illness and death. Congrats <laughs> to all who have survived, much to the chagrin of our would-be rulers. Double congrats to the remaining purebloods. I saw even more, com- uh, and of course that's a reference to what, what Joe Biden said back in what, November, December. It's going to be a winter of severe illness and death. But um, speaking of uh, the purebloods and and what has happened if people did decide to um, make a sacrifice and and take the vaccine against their against their will or against their own personal judgment for the sake of keeping their job or whatever else, uh, what was it? United there's United Airlines, I think J.P. Morgan Chase, some other major companies have said, ah, yeah, we're 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 doing away with the vaccine mandate nonsense. So it's like yeah. you had to do this two, three months ago to keep your job. Now they're yeah, saying, Oh the yeah, point? we'll hire unvaccinated people, whatever. Yeah. What a joke, dude. It's, it's just infuriating. I'd be so mad if I had gotten it. Um, uh, we're good on, on Tibby Street. Oh, okay. Uh, Holden Mulray. Matt, when reviewing mo- movies, do you ever find yourself just not in the mood for the genre of the assignment that week? Not taking issue with any of your views. Just curious. God bless you. Well, good. Yeah. Like every week this happens. You better not take any issues with my reviews, all of which are undeniably, undebatably correct. Yeah. Perfectly rated, perfectly reasoned. Oh, man. Every... I watched a movie last night that was so awesome, and you would have hated it. What movie? It's called The House That Jack Built. It's a Lars von Trier movie. Mm. I thought it was brilliant, but I'm fairly certain that you would have. Just... It was like the most gratuitous violence maybe that I've ever seen in film. That can be hit or miss for me. Sometimes I'm I mean, I like Tarantino, for example. Um, there's a lot of gratuitous violence in Tarantino movies. I kind of loved it. I don't know. Let me know live chat. If I'm off the mark about this, I haven't read any online reviews about it. I've just been kind of thinking about the movie all day. Hmm. Well, like as I off, that's kind of my standard for whether I rate highly or not. Did I think about it later? Yeah. And that could be for philosophical reasons, or that could be for like hidden, I don't know, hidden pieces of the plot or of the story that, that prompt thought in me later. That's, that's kind of all that matters. So if it did that, Matt Dillon yeah. plays a serial killer. I forgot about him. Yeah. Has he been in anything recently? Uh, the house that Jack built. Is that a new movie? Yeah. Oh, um, as far as whether, uh, like, of course, sometimes I'm not always thrilled to sit down and watch any movie or maybe that movie in particular, but a couple of things I try to do. One, I try not to read anything about the movie, even yeah, if I've seen too. it before, before yeah. I watch. I just don't want to be influenced by anyone's opinion. So I'll save any research I want to look into until after I've actually sat down and watch it. And the other thing is, um, I just have to, I, tr- I do my best to sit down and, and commit myself to just kind of being neutral. Like I, I'm not... I don't want to go into it with a bad mood and say like hate it from the start. I don't want to go into it deciding that I've already loved it. And the actually the toughest part is not my mood sitting down to watch the movie. The toughest part is a movie, say like um, Pee Wee, where the first 15 minutes are some of the worst Did we garbage. Did you review that? Yeah. That was on oh. your list. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> it was over the summer. Like the first 15 minutes are pure trash, if you ask me. And then... 
it actually gets pretty good by the end. Those are the hardest because I hate it. And I have to, I have to allow a movie to, to win me over if I see things that are redeeming to me. So I really, even when I'm watching, which is almost always with my wife, we try not to like say, I think this movie sucks or something, or I love this movie movie. just sucks. And you know, I try to see it through most of the way before like deciding that I hate this. Like, I don't want to decide that I hate it halfway through. Even I want to give it a chance Mm. and see it in totality. So, well, good on you for doing that. Cause I normally know if I'm going to hate a movie like five minutes into it. The the only one, the only one that we've considered not finishing was Leon for, for the pedo reasons. That was the only one where my finger was hovering over the remote to turn it off. You know, I used to not like Lars von Trier, and then I heard he said that, like some really awesome stuff about Hitler, and now I'm just giving all of his, his movies a new, another chance. <laughs> so you got to let you know? people win you over. When you I see know. the redeeming things, you have exactly. to. Yeah. Uh, let's do a few more. Long Don John says, what is the shit I'm hearing about Jesse getting out of jail while time flies? It's the fastest five months that has ever gone by. I don't know. It remains to be seen. We might have been headline uh, tricked. Did it take me 30 seconds to think of the word it's, tricked? I mean, it, it seems legit. Maybe he just had um, five months worth of experience in those yeah. short four or five days that he was in there. Maybe that's what the judge, the appellate court, at least. So was many broom handles. Yeah. Uh, one more right now. Ryan Haas. Hey, guys, watching from the hospital now, getting a mass on my lungs looked at, shamelessly demanding a pity shout out. Love you, too. We love you, too. Oh. Wow. Well, all the best. And here's hoping it's nothing serious. But um, yep. But thank you for tuning in. Appreciate uh, we'll, it. We'll circle back. On. We will come back to your chats at the top of the hour. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Drift Rock is up next. Drift Rock, are you there? I am. Um, uh, I guess I, I, I have I have two things on the agenda tonight. Okay. One, um, um, I wanted to make one last ditch effort to talk blonde into getting a babysitter tomorrow and going to see The Quiet Man. Because th- that movie uh, really, uh, um, the small screen just can't do it justice. The s- cinematography is great. I've and, heard good and, things. What's that? I've heard good things. Y- yep. And, and it, it, uh, uh, it's depiction of uh, <laughs> the relation, r- relations between the sexes is really good. Um, and and of course, as a John Ford movie, there's just all these wonderful examples of of manliness. Um, uh, of course, they all have uh, clean shaven faces because it was made back when only communists wore beards. That's a uh, monstrous. Beards were a commie thing. I didn't know that. Oh oh yeah, in the fifties. In the fifties, uh, we can't let commies have a... beards. That's that that was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the fifties, uh, uh, if you saw someone with a beard, either they were some really whacked out a- academic type, or they were a straight up communist. That's wow. the only, only two people types of people who wore beards back. Yeah, then. I've never heard that. But uh, what the, how did I mean? Obviously, we had the the Civil War and stuff. Beards were not always treated as a, a mark of shame in this country. We had some wonderfully creative ones in our history. Well, hmm. well, I think I, I think they fell out of fashion, uh, in particular in the '30s. Hmm. Um, I think they were regar- regarded as as old fashioned, and then of course after after the war, everyone came home after having spent all their time shaving, 
and killing people. And uh, the beards just really weren't a thing. They really didn't come back until the the seventies. Hmm. Um, you know, there were there there were a few cases like, you know, a Sebastian Cabot. You know, people who, you know, had personalities uh, that that se- seemed to go with the beards, mm-hmm. but not not many of them. the 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 other thing um, um, I wanted to do was uh, um, bring a, a mystery t- to your attention. I think I. Uh, I, I know what Blonde will say about this, but it, it's it'll be entertaining nonetheless. First, I have to set the stage. I work in a government building. What? And uh, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Uh, I work in a gov- Yeah, I, I work in a government building, and um, um, I, I would say in general, the the uh, population there is a little overly educated. Um, um, I you know. Um, uh, lots of people have, uh, you know, uh, master's degrees or multiple master's degrees, so they're susceptible to a lot of of uh, of, of nonsense. Or you know, they're easy to talk into stuff. But but uh, we we just generally just um, I think it was uh, less than a month ago we we got out from under our mask order, so we we don't have to wear the rag on our face anymore. That said, of course, um, since a lot of these folks are government workers and and overly educated, uh, not everyone is given up on the mask. And uh, you know that's kind of to be expected. But yeah. what I I haven't expected is what I've noticed the past week or so. And and that is that there's a definite demographic correlation in the folks who are wearing masks. Hmm. Um, I, I would say, uh, probably what, what's that? Is it mostly women? Um, no, a, a racial breakdown. Is it black people? Yeah. The interesting thing about it is, is that, um, I would say probably 90% of the, the white folks, um, um, uh, uh, don't wear masks anymore and only about 10% do. And the the ratio is uh, flipped for the black folks. And and where it really stood out to me was yesterday. I was waiting in the the, the cafeteria line to pay for my lunch, and there were probably sixty folks in the room with me, hmm. and a quarter of them were were uh, black, and uh, all of the black folks were wearing masks and none of the white folks were wearing. that's Weird. a good chunk of chunk of people too i was going to yeah. ask you what what yeah, kind yeah. of uh population size we're dealing with here because if it's like you know a, a working group of a dozen people who yeah. knows but you're talking about a lot more than that oh oh yeah there's there's probably um between 12 and 1500 people work in the building oh damn and and okay and, and uh, now in my own office uh there's there's a number of black folks in there and they're they they're not wearing their uh, wearing masks but about half of them in the room are and and it's just it's just the weirdest thing uh it but funny thing was i was waiting in that lunch or in that cafeteria line this one lady in front of me had to pull down her mask so that the uh, lady a couple folks back could recognize her and as, as soon as they'd established you know contact with one another up went the mask i mean it's just the weirdest thing and i can't believe for a minute that they believe that 
that you know uh, this rag on your face is going to make a difference. It's yeah. got to be it's some sort sort of social identification thing. But yeah, it is. Really, I, don't I, get it. It's like a, it's it's a, an I vote Democrat signifier yeah. at this at this point. I, I, you know, I, I agree, but but even white folks who I know vote Democrat aren't huh. wearing them. You know the um, the other the demographic uh, correlation that I've noticed in in this town um, is actually sort of the opposite of what you'd expect. And I'm I'm not talking racially. I'm talking among like men and women and age. Uh, it's disproportionately young. Like all the college idiots in this town are still wearing masks at the grocery store. And I take that to be a result of, I, I guess, I don't know, whatever indoctrination they're receiving. But it, it's infuriating to me to see healthy young people walking around with masks. I, I think as some sort of signifier, like you're talking about, clearly they never needed them, but they especially don't need them yeah. now it's just like a i'm a good person look at me kind of gesture yep yeah and 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 the uh the strange thing about at work you know these are in some cases these are folks i know and i've worked with a long time and and it's just like okay so if you're not actually doing that for health reasons, why are you doing it? I, I mean, you know, <laughs> uh, is this a, to signify um, you're part of a tribe I'm not? I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I think I, that's exactly it. I, 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 I've, it's caused me to uh, engage in some risque behavior too. My supervisor <laughs> is one of these folks. Yeah, and um, I, I accused him of waiting around for a stagecoach to come by to rob. <laughs> okay, so it was just like a good-hearted uh, mask joke at his expense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had I, I had to I had to pick something careful because, you know, I I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want to weigh into any dangerous stereotypes. You can say stagecoach right. robbery, but you can't say looting. You would have gotten trouble yeah, for really. looting. Don't say that yeah. one. That is yeah. accurate. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so what was I the just, response when he when you said that? Uh, uh, well, well, he he pulled down his mask, and and you know when he, you know, uh, uh, the rest of the time he was talking to me, he was talking with his mask down. I, I mean, I, so he was, you know, he's simultaneously trying to signal to me that you know he's, that you know he, you know, uh, he gets um, it. He's not he's not trying to exclude me, but. But he, he is still he kept it below his chin. So Dude, it was there. To, I, yeah. To, uh, well, that that let, kind of others know that kind of thing is so baffling. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the stream or not, but we were at Target uh, a week or two ago. There's no OK. There's no state mandate. There's no county mandate. Right. Target as a company doesn't even mandate it on their employees anymore. And there's this woman walking around the store, a, a customer shopping with her shopping cart. And she has a mask on hanging down under her neck. Like under why her chin. Why bother? It's like, so yeah, why yeah. is that on your face at all? Yeah. I only the, do that at the airport. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would really like to some have someone explain this to me because there, <laughs> there is something weird going on here, but I can't, can't figure it out. It's the security blanket, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's combination I, I virtue signal security blanket, something like that. Something like that. All right, anyway, well, um, I won't keep you guys yeah. any longer, but but yeah, I, I I just thought I'd share the mystery and 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 try one more time to encourage Blonde. 
go see that movie. You'll love it. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced. I'll see what I can do. I can watch it at home too. Well, if you do, you need to you need to try to cut down on the distractions because there's lots of great one-liners in the background in a lot of the scenes that you'll miss if if I can if, do it. You know, I can all do right. It. Yeah. All right. Anyway, have a good night. Appreciate you guys it. Have a good evening. Thank you. Okay, Orwell's ghost is up next. Orwell, are you there? Yes, sir. What's on your mind? Hi. Oh, nothing. I figured it'd make blonde happy. My wife and I went to a uh, we went to a traditional Latin mass yesterday. Did it you? Awesome. Yeah, it was it was re- not yesterday. Excuse me, on Sunday, it was really really fun. Um, very cool experience. But uh, yeah, that's not what I wanted to talk about though. I saw Tim Pool is continuing to put a bunch of fear porn and clickbaity bullshit on YouTube. It's it's embarrassing. Oh no! Like what talking shit about yeah, him all right let's hear it he made a video today about u.s marines going to going to australia and this is the first time this has ever happened it's like you stupid fuck they've been going to australia for like eight years they've been deploying there for like training missions and it i mean it took me three seconds to google that like, I already knew that because I got so many buddies who have done that rotation to Darwin, Australia. What was the um, was he making the point that this is like some kind of sign of impending war or something? Yes. Yes. Okay. It, it's it's more it's more doom porn that he keeps putting out. He's just clickbaity, man. He's just again, he's just a fear porn merchant. And mm-hmm. you'd be nice to Tim. People out. are trying to blow him up on a daily basis now, or at least. Uh, I, yeah. I, dude, <laughs> the, the doxers right here. The doxers are being right very here. mean. He is doing it himself. Hot no, take, he's oh. doing it himself. How dare you? Maybe. Um, no, right. I'm. I'm listening. <laughs> you don't have any substantiation of that. You're just theorizing. Of course. Of Of course, I don't. You know. Yeah. Of course, I don't. I, I, but, not you know, that you can. Alex it's Jones just, uh, predicted the war was going to start well, in late February, and look where we are. Uh, and I. The only thing I'll say about that, and I haven't followed every detail of the Tim Pool doxing uh, saga that continues. Uh, obviously I have no doubt that there are completely ridiculous, insane people who would dox him to the end of the earth. And that's the simple answer. And quite honestly, it's probably true. The one thing I can't get over though, is how is it that multiple law enforcement agencies in this same general area keep falling for the same thing over and over and over again? How is, how has this not been resolved as a matter of communication? And I'm, I'm asking that legitimately. I, I, Tim, I'm sure, has an answer for that. And I haven't followed every detail of this. But it just seems there's no way that this can happen what, like five or six five times, times in the yeah. last couple. It's, the, last it's few either months. the same people. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And here's the thing. I'm, I'm 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 sort of I'm sort of joking when I say that he's doing it himself. But it's one of those things where he's it's happened to him like six or seven times. And I don't know. Or it's, it's I think it's been actually like four or five. But I I. I've not heard of that happening to anyone else, and I, I'm I'm starting to get a little bit suspect. And after this, you know, and I know it's not a big thing; it's really not a thing. But after this video today, all he's just getting lazy, and it's it's embarrassing. I'm losing a lot of respect for him, and it's and honestly, a lot of the times it's the it's the indignation, you know, and 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 the the virtue that, that he shows when you know these people disgust me, and I'm just like, dude fucking relax (laughs) like 
you know, I, I've never seen you get that mad. I've never, I've never seen Blonde get that mad. I've just seen you guys sort of, your eyes oh, get you, big as half dollars when when cringe comes up. But like, not, uh, oh, well, you, you just gotta call. Crazy. You gotta call in on Wednesday night and tell me how to run my show. And yeah, then, really. You, and then you'll see how well, much you disgust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we yeah we joke about that in the server, but I mean that's not that's not exactly your reaction. It's just the boot. So let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, I, um, I get what you're saying, and and I don't want to, um. I don't want to like I don't want to throw Tim under the bus or or anything like that. I haven't seen the video in question, but but in general, <laughs> your your point is taken that I don't he think th- he threw fucking Jack Murphy under the bus pretty hard, though, didn't he? He quit bringing that asshole on. <laughs> uh, did that whole fallout happen because of their show? Is uh, that's. Yeah. Totally. OK, that's I'm, what that's what I'm, I have. Yes. Um, yes. I'm, I'm positive. But, but to your point. Your your personal indignation is not a substitute for for an argument. I think that's probably what you're getting. You need to. Right. It's like no. I don't care how personally upset a person is. I, I care about the reasoning as to why something is important or bad or good or or whatever yeah. else. Um. And and yeah, that should be that should be priority. Yeah, have some self respect and and be a be a fucking man. Like it's it's embarrassing. So that's all. That's all I wanted to tell you guys. I figured you. would figured you'd get a kick out of that and uh you know uh or at least i figured blonde would get a kick out of the latin mass and uh matt that's good i'm glad like shit so i'm gonna kick myself you you (laughs) You disgust me (laughs) you guys take care all right see you man oh man well uh let's see we got time for a couple more couple more callers or at least one more before the top of the hour more dill is up next more dill are you there Mr. Dill? Yes. What's on your mind? Yeah, pretty good. Um, so first, I just wanted to circle back on the, the Discord policy. Did you look into it? The whole TOS change? Uh, I know very little about it. Quite honestly, Discord constantly emails me and says, um, your oh, yeah, server's yeah. in violation of our policies. Fix it. And I say, no, I'm not doing your work for you. Fuck off. And then, and then yeah. they emailed me a couple months later and threatened me. But I know they had some policy change within the last few weeks where they are going to crack down on, among other things, medical misinformation. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, or- well, I, I give credit to Discord. They actually put it in the TOS. They say that in certain circumstances, they reserve the right to consider off-platform uh, behavior what? and content. What are those certain circumstances? They don't specify, but they oh. say they reserve the right. And it's like, well, you know, you know, kudos over Patreon. You're actually being upfront with it. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's still BS, but, it, you know, just wanted to call it out. That was like the big thing of like, OK, I understand <laughs> you're, you're getting on board with the whole medical misinformation. But it's like, yeah. reserve the right to consider off platform content and behavior. So. Well, I guess I guess you can give them credit for honesty because you're right. The reality is a lot of these other places do it anyway. They just decide if you li- if they like you as a person, uh, yeah. independent of what you say on their particular platform, and they punish you uh, accordingly or even promote you accordingly. So I don't know how much credit is to be given for that honesty though, because it's not even that honest. They're not telling you what the specific off-platform criteria are. They're just saying we'll consider it. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. Just wanted to call it out. That was the big old thing. And All right. I didn't know if you had heard it. Um, so the real thing is I wanted to switch it up and give y'all an opportunity to ask 
me a question. So a quick background is I'm 28, just celebrated my 10 year anniversary. Wow, I got two congrats. kids, uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. four and two, mm. and I work as a software engineer. So like, mm. that's, that's a good enough, I think, background. Any wow, you, you, have. you could go a lot of angles with that. You could go professional, you could go parental, you could you go early like marriage. Two kids is enough. Uh, right now, it is. We keep saying like every six months, 12 months, we'll come back and convene if we're wanting more. Um, yeah. I feel like I want one more. Okay. And my wife, I think she's on board with one more. <laughs> uh, what's, what are the genders of your children? Uh, my oldest is uh, a girl, and then my youngest is a boy. Okay, oh, so you have yeah. you have the mix. Um, yeah, because that's exactly what she said. She's like, we've got one of each. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm curious. So you am I correct? You got married at what eighteen, nineteen? How young were you? Yes. Yeah, we were uh, eighteen. We we had just turned eighteen, and I proposed. Wow. Um, okay. So it was like. Six months later, three months. What was the reasoning or thinking there? It was it a like a a values based decision? Or was it that she just swept you off your feet so amazingly? Why did you decide to propose so young? Um, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I you know there's there's always the when you get married that young, there's always the little bit of just hormone and youth stupidity <laughs> your wife's it, not listening like, is she <laughs> no she yeah, totally really she, hormones and youth stupidity listening. okay yeah there's, come on, man. there's a small portion of that in those yeah. kind of decisions when you make them that young where you're like you know what i know this in the moment i want this to happen let's do it I really um, want to bang this chick. Yeah, I seriously. Okay, yeah, but but yeah. so what you're saying, but that <laughs> but that is also a values based decision. Um, are you comfortable? Right. I I don't. And if I ask something that's too personal or too far, just let me know. But um, were you guys planning on abstaining until marriage? Was that the idea? Uh, there was a little bit of that. Okay. Um, we didn't. And so that also kind of led into it where it was like, you know, we're, we're kind of this serious, you know, might as well put a ring on it kind of thing. All right. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of value based uh, judgment that we had a lot of the same values very early on. We had a lot of the same interests. Um, so, you know, it was kind of a, we've been dating long distance, nine months. And uh, it was like very serious. Like we, we'd spend, I don't know, four hours on like, uh, it was Skype. Skype was a hype at the time. Uh, we, we spent, we would like spend four hours just on Skype, just voice chat, video chat every night for those nine months. Um, and then we'd be texting all the other times that we couldn't be at our desks, uh, yeah. Skyping each other. Um, uh, so how, it was just constantly glued. How old were you when your first child was born? Uh, 24. Four okay, years, so you waited. You waited a little bit. Half. Yeah, no, we waited yeah. a while. She wanted to wait until she was uh, past twenty-three, hmm. okay. and uh, I wanted to wait until um, you know, out on our own, have some income for a while, stuff like that. Because like when we got married, we were living with uh, family yeah. for the first couple of years because it was rough. Oh like, wow! I didn't okay. have a job at the time. 
um, and she didn't have a job either. So it, it was it was very much like we we care about each other. It, we want to make it work. We want to make it happen. Yeah, kind of thing. And we did. You know. All right. Later. Well, um, good for you. That's that's a cool story, man. And um, I. I'm always interested to hear kind of the young marriage experiences because culture has shifted so drastically the other way. And, um, you know, you don't, you don't have the, uh, well, obviously you don't have the experience of, of waiting to get married later, but by the sound of it, it doesn't sound like, Oh man, this really like getting married so young really prevented so many experiences for you or you lost out on so much because you got married. So, I mean, it sounds like you got a great job. You got, uh, two kids and, and it's hard to think of things that are more fulfilling, but unless you want to push back, and say that it was all a big mistake. <laughs> so I, I, I'm not going to say that for yeah. multiple reasons, but um, I do always say it's not for everyone. Hmm. Like marriage I or kids. Story, you know, there, there's because like I have nieces that are like teenagers too, and they're like, "Well, you got married at 18." I'm like, "Yeah," and there was a lot against us. The odds were not in our favor. Like. You know, there's always there are odds against you at all stages in life, and when you have a committed right. relationship and to fall back my, on, that's uh, that tips the exact, odds in your favor. My dad had this exact talk though. He's like, "But you're adding more odds against you on top of that, adding youth, adding lack of a job, lack of an mm-hmm. education. Um, yeah. You know that there's it's a fifty fifty chance. You're either gonna you know, divorce and." walk away with a bad experience or it's going to forge you into a super strong steel, you know? Well, and you chose wisely. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. It's um, not easy, but th- thank you for the call and for, for sharing your story. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank yeah, you. Have a good one. Have a good night. Okay. We are due for another break, catch up with chat, and then we'll get back into the callers for the last segment of calls. Sure. We're Jolly good Roger. over on Tippy Stream, over on D Live, uh, Music Man, uh, Heavy Metal, William Cooper, C2K. Thank you guys for supporting the show. That is much appreciated. And we're uh, we're set there. Jolly Rogers says gas prices are two thirty five euro per liter here. Hmm. Where's that pound? Which translate to nine seventy seven per gallon. Oh God, it must be a pound. Forty yeah. percent of its taxes um, of it is taxes, energy, oil tax, carbon tax. Yeah. Although parts of California aren't that far behind, I saw like Northern California coast uh, is creeping up there, like eight bucks or something like that. Yeah. So not it's locally not far behind, but man. Yep. Um, incompetent hands. Would it be tasteless and crass to wear an Azov battalion shirt or hysterical and awesome? You should do it. Is this the, uh, is this the, the, it's these, these not the Hitlery Ukrainian unit. Yes. I don't know much about them. Um, Azov battalion extremist defending Maripol. Uh, perspective from the Washington Post. Neo-Nazis are exploiting Russia's war in Ukraine for their own purposes. Well, um, I mean, they are Ukrainian, right? How dare these yeah. Ukrainians exploit the war against Ukraine for their own purposes, says <laughs> the Washington Post. Wait, what's the subheadline? Hold on. I keep going. I, it's blocked by something. I want to see what they're I be ripping them. I didn't fart during last week's episode. <laughs> I'm sad. Was that, was that alleged? I don't know. Oh. I thought I someone had maybe him. accused you, like you had an Eric Swalwell type moment. No, I do sit on a leather chair, though. And so sometimes 
like there's some farting noises. Like, ah. can you hear any of that? No, I I can't okay, say God. that I've I've really. So I'll move around that. it and then be like, ooh. And then of course the times that I've actually farted. Uh, Washington Post says, not since ISIS have we seen such a flurry of recruitment activity. So they're huh. basically ISIS in their well. recruitment effectiveness, at least. Um, Eric Marley left is actually a new church. They even have candles mirroring the early church and their aggressive spread and power coalitions. Right needs to do similar or we lose maybe for thousands of years. That's what I've been saying for years. No one wants to do it. Nobody wants to invoke the Alinskyite tactics, but I'll do it. Well, I would opine, but we've talked this one to death. So yeah, I'll save time for callers. Uh, I don't know what's more depressing, the destruction of the Rittenhouse rifle or the fact the gas station he was defending had gas for 209. <laughs> oh, man. Those were the days. Those were the days. Takes me back. Yeah. Um, um, if people missed the, 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 on Sunday, there is video of the destruction of the Rittenhouse rifle. A very sad moment in American history that you can see yeah. with your own eyes. Although maybe that was uh, maybe maybe the Rittenhouse rifle is actually a on the mantle at Epstein's Island. And this was just a false uh, presentation for all of us to believe that's what actually happened. Yep. Um, we'll circle back. Okay. Yeah. We will uh, come back to your chats at the uh, bottom of the hour, or actually at the end of the show. Cause we'll, um, I'll have to just circle back we'll with get you to the um, email questions at the bottom of the hour. Anyway, uh, calls for the next 25 minutes or so Michigan expat, up first, Mr. Expat, are you there? Good evening. Hello. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, well, it's been a while. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I just wanted to shit the breeze tonight. Hey, say, uh, well, Matt, I can imagine maybe you haven't, but uh, Blonde, you've uh, watched the Back to the Future trilogy before, right? I have not. Wait, is that a yes or a no? No, no, I, I haven't. No. Oh, really? That. Uh, I think I saw it when uh, I was a kid, but like, I ah. can't remember anything about it. Okay. Um. That could. That kind of. I don't know. I don't know if I should go ahead and talk about it or not. Because. Uh, uh, It'll be well, tough yeah, for I'd... us to opine because I haven't seen them. I think well, maybe we... I've seen Back to the Future on like TV rerun once or something. I don't remember though. Okay. Well, I. I've, I've, I'll talk about it anyway. Three. You know, three bullet points for you. Maybe. <laughs> maybe this will encourage you. Maybe this will okay. actually encourage you to watch the movie. So number right. one, it's like you know, with all the talk of EVs these days, it's like, dude, we need Mister Fusion, okay? It's like, uh, so yeah, if you watch uh, the end of part one, you know, the Doc has uh, you know a small compact uh, nuclear fusion generation on the back of his car, and you know he stuffs some garbage into it to uh, you know create fuel. I mean, I mean, dude, that's that's what we need to be able, be able to do with our cars. It's like shove uh, shove some garbage into a small reactor and you know use that to uh power our like vehicles you com- know compost fuel uh, <laughs> yeah. compost basically driven cars yeah, yeah. but I okay. mean, basically because you know it's like nuclear fusion or whatever it's like dude we need mr fusion that's like that's like my my, my latest uh, favorite hashtag lately uh number two well, well you, i guess if you can imagine it as kamala says if you can imagine it <laughs> it'll happen and let's see point and then point number two i mean i guess i guess this is still relevant to people who've actually watched the movie but okay so in part two, I mean, you know, Michael, you know, you know, uh, they, you know, they go to the future, right? You know, so Michael J. Fox, you know, he plays, I mean, first of all, you know, he plays himself, but, you know, he play, he also plays himself, each of the actors plays himself, you know, their, 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 their same characters in the past, in the future, et cetera, et cetera. So in the future, right, uh, Michael J. Fox plays, you know, his future self, his future son, but the question is, who plays his future daughter? I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I don't. I've and the seen... answer, and the answer to that question is Michael J. Fox 
actually plays his future daughter. In other words, that's Michael J. Fox in drag. Why? You can't do that anymore. No, no, indeed. <laughs> okay, oh, now, well, like, now if I, I mean, see I, the movie, if that ever comes up, I will definitely yeah. pay attention to that point. But, but it's like, yeah, There's I, I never knew that. There's got to be a picture I can see. Um, but it's, yeah, I can, I, can, I can upload that to the uh, Discord uh, text chat. But I'll yeah, just, it's I'll like, just Google around while you talk about your, you had one more point to make on it or what? Yeah, just, uh, but I mean, just, yeah, they, I mean, for that being dragged, that was a pretty damn convincing job. I mean, I, I, I never would have figured, you know, unless someone didn't tell me. But so the last, the last part is kind of significant to, you know, present day, you know, uh, you know, with regards to President Trump. But so like the bad 1985 and part, uh, in, uh, part two, the alternate 1985 where everything goes to shit is kind of like, uh, I can't help that it's a, uh, I can't help thinking that it's a, uh, you know, predictive programming thing to, you know, how the, you know, Trump presidency ended, you know, with the, you know, Black Lives uh, Matter, you know, the riots and shit, uh-huh. and, you know, downtown uh, West West Coast City, you know, being kind of just, you know, ravaged and burned to the ground and graffitied the hell and boarded up and shut down and whatever, but, um, I mean, yeah, if it's, if you haven't, if neither of you have seen it before, if it's not on your movie list, I mean, I can, yeah, it's like Back to the Future is one of those quintessential trilogies like, you know, Die Hard or like the first three Rambo movies or Die Hard or Terminator or whatever. You know, it's it's just one of those quintessential trilogies from like the 80s, 90s. I mean, you ought to just really effing watch. Okay, but, I'll um, watch it. If it but if it comes yeah. up, I certainly will. You know, it's like my time to wa- to just uh, pick movies myself to watch these days is very limited. But I am looking at the uh, the pictures of Michael yeah. J. Fox as Marlene McFly. Yes, and um, you know, if I if nobody said anything, of course, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know how convincing yeah. it is, like in motion. But if nobody said anything and I just looked at these images, I'm not sure I would immediately think, man, it's it looks fairly convincing. Really? Yeah, yeah. I know, right? So, I, mean, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe something, maybe something is a little off, but it's like still, you know, I would still not, you know, uh, what's the word? Expect that, uh, suspect that person of being male. Yeah. But, um, other than looks, that, it looks pretty, yeah, it does look pretty good, but, um, all right. So, uh, all right. So those are your thoughts on, uh, back to the future. And I will certainly, uh, keep an eye out for Marlene, but just, <laughs> if we watch, but just, but, uh, one, but, and then one more, one more, uh, movie recommendation before I drop off. Okay, so I mean, if you want to show per, show a person, you know, what the hell life would be like if, like, the med establishment, you know, you know, medical establishment was in charge of, you know, daily life, you know, making, you know, decisions, political decisions, whatever, social decisions. There's a little anime movie, you know, Jap- Japanese animated movie, you know, Japanimation movie, uh, called Project Ito, I T O H Harmony. You can find that on Amazon.com. They have that, like, you know, Amazon instant video whatever but basically yeah. that's like you know this is what life would be like if you were effing microchip tipped in the medical in the medical so, establishment so made all your important life life uh, choices for what you. to expect next year is what yeah. it sounds like uh yeah hopefully not right. but yeah well thank you but, for I mean, the yeah, thoughts I mean, man appreciate yeah, it yeah for sure man talk Have to you later bye yeah the uh, there's no way they're just going to drop all the medical tyranny that they've engaged in and tested out for the last uh uh yeah why would they yeah anyway um i i'm sure we'll i'm sure we'll see uh some sort of resurgence of all of those tactics very soon uh next up is uh fast talking aussie girl oh my goodness am i on you are you are welcome to the stream and thanks for calling 
Hi guys, how you going? I'm just like caveat. I'm like super, super nervous. We're finally getting into the show. Well, thank uh, but you. you actually, sorry. Thank you for calling and bringing your Aussie accent. I know, um, it's so jolly. Maybe, maybe to break the ice, you can you can tell me because the 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 Aussies or the Aussies always get very upset with my pronunciation of things like Melbourne, Melbourne, whatever. Am I supposed to say Aussie or Aussie? It's, we definitely say Aussie, like with a, with a Z. As like Ozzy Osbourne. Huh. Yeah, exactly. Okay, exactly. so I'll go with that. Um, you actually have met me before. You probably know me as Anna Hitch. I'm actually. Oh, oh yeah. Of course. Yeah. Well, I just didn't. Uh, yeah, of hey. course. I, I just didn't necessarily recognize your voice, but okay. How you doing? That's all, no, well, how dare you for not remembering me? Like the one time I ever talked to you, like two years ago. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. Not at all. Um, okay, so I have one of two questions I can ask you. One is about religion, like specifically Catholicism, and the other one is about relationships or your relationship specifically. I always want to do a relationship question because yeah, when sure. I when I answer the religious questions, it makes people realize that I don't know anything about Catholicism. Even okay, well, I was going to actually give you a Catholic challenge about going to confession, but we can go the relationship route if you prefer. <laughs> Good, that. I'm glad. I, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> Um, cool. So I've always been curious, um, actually, well, this is great long because this question is actually for you. Um, I've always been curious, uh, you, you've said a few times that the first couple of dates, you were not that keen on your husband, but you kind of, he changed your mind on the third date. So I'm curious to know what it was that changed your mind. But the other thing was, um, when you met him online, like how did you make sure, like, how did you vet him for being like how based he was? Like, how did you make sure that he was someone who was actually going to be of a similar political, you know, um, mindset is you. Yeah. Well, I kind of just put everything out there in my profile, like, uh, really candid about my political orientation and everything like that. And so people that were going out with me were already people that were going to be fine with really far right viewpoints. And then I was like, on match. Can you give any, an example of what you, what you put in your profile? Um, asking for a friend. Yeah, really. Uh, I think I said like, I, I'm not attracted to, to men that, um, that are going to be further left on the spectrum than I am. Like, I'm just not going to be attracted to you. Okay. Which is, God, that sounds so mean now. I don't know if I would do it the same now, but it worked. But on match, you can filter by political orientation too, in your search criteria. Well, you know, nowadays, uh, yeah, well, it's interesting. Like a lot of um, a lot of dating apps nowadays, you actually have the option to put your vaccination status on your um, on your profile, which is hilarious, and it's actually kind of works in the opposite way because it's like great now I know like you can you know completely can like swipe left on that person or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah, I've made forays into it, but I'm not a huge fan of online dating. I know, yeah, you much I, it, oh, it was terrible. You had like, never I hated doing it, either. Yeah, it was just the worst. Like I just, I just dreaded going on the dates. And like, good thing I kept giving my husband a, a go, or I would be in a totally different place in my life. But yeah, I didn't like him. For yeah, a while. what changed your mind about him? You know, it was, um, it was like being told that I was going to continue dating him. I've told this story so many times that our audience must be so sick of hearing it. Uh, my wife's a doctor. Indulge um, me. <laughs> but I. I like kept trying to break up with my husband because I thought he was a dick. And like, I, I, like six weeks into it, I was like, listen, like, I think you're a dick and I'm breaking up with wow. you. And he was like, no, you're not. Like, you're going to keep dating me and you're going to give this 
a chance. And like, I'd never been put in my place like that before. That's kind of attractive. Yeah. I see how that's really compelling. And I was just like, wow, you are suddenly so hot and interesting to me. Mm. And then, um, yeah. And then, then that was kind of it. And like, he's not a big talker. And so I wasn't able to like emotionally connect with him. And so that's why the first few dates went badly. You have to wonder if like you were a really great first date if it's just the person is very charismatic. And charisma is a dangerous quality in a man. Mm. Dangerous. Unless you're kind of more of a timid style chick. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So he just wasn't saying very much and it was hard to converse with him. And then I I realized that like I needed like a low level emotional autist to offset my um, just high level neuroses. And so it's really worked to be with somebody that is just like kind of checked out emotionally because I bring the crazy and I don't need somebody <laughs> like that in my life. No, no, that's fair. And Matt, if you wouldn't mind, um, if I throw the same sort of question to you, at what point sure. did you know that you and your wife were like, this was kind of not just an email thing. This was going somewhere. Um, I knew pretty early. Yeah. And yeah. actually... I don't think that we had the same experience of maybe like bad or not great first dates. Um, we actually met each other at distance. So a lot of like we we knew each other over the Internet for probably two months before we met in person. And there's kind of that awkwardness of meeting a person from the Internet in the flesh. You never know if yeah. it's not going to be what you expect. But it, it wasn't. Um, but what it took me probably I don't we talked about life goals and and what we wanted to achieve immediately. So we were on the same page of like, I want marriage. I want children. I want to live. You know, in her case, she wants to be a mom. That was her goal and her expectation. And now we're doing that. But um, s- similar to what Blonde had said, um, you know, what I what I asked of my wife was a lot. I asked her to leave a good job that she had in California, um, her entire family in California. Yeah. And I, yeah. I know that that comes with an, an obligation for me to provide security so that she knows she's not blowing up her life for some guy who might walk out tomorrow. And so I think after about three or four months, I remember she was visiting here that summer. Um, it was the summer before she moved out in the fall. And um, we had a conversation. She was trying to figure out how this was all going to work out. And she wanted more time to get out of California than I was looking for. And it was a similar conversation. Like, no, you're leaving at this date. We're going to get married. We're going to have kids. It's very clear. And if you can't yeah. see that, then I don't know what we're doing. And I, I, I wouldn't say oh, that sorry, I put don't. her in her place. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but, but the point that blonde's making and that is totally mirrored in mine, that that sort of like male assertiveness, here's a plan and we're going to do this. It's undeniably, so it's undeniably so works yeah. for women. And I wasted and it just works for women. It felt better for me as a man, too. I wasted so much time in my life thinking that I'm supposed to defer to women. Well, what do you think? What do you want to do? Where would you I, want? I just want what women want, even want like strong headed women. They want men to just make decisions. Like it was yeah. such a relief that I suddenly oh, yeah. wasn't making all the decisions about my life yeah. all the time. But I'd argue it's actually more attractive if you're already a strong willed woman to have someone kind of willingly make the decision. And if I can actually ask a very quick follow up question. Yeah, sure. Matt, um, how did you know, just because you guys were talking over email, how did you know that you were attracted to this person? Um, well, we weren't, we were. Do you mean, well, we weren't just talking over email. Like we were, we were on like, um, like, you know, Skype type stuff 
for the first. Um, she was like, really accepting of his micro penis situation. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. Well, it wasn't like a text relationship. It was like a you know talking face to face on the internet. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. No. No. Like the reason you know it's fair. The reason I ask is I've, I've talked to people like exclusively on the internet, and it's like mm. impossible to tell if you have a connection in my in my mind when, um, when you're not yeah. in each other's physical presence. Yeah. Of or course. Very like. Of course, like a full physical presence is different than just like talking to someone through through Skype, of course. Yeah. Um, but for me and for us, it was like same kind of humor, same perspectives, same goals in life. So when those things align, you can you can kind of tell, OK, this is a person that I could I could see myself with. If you talk to a person on the Internet and it can be kind of the same as sitting across the table or at a bar with someone if your jokes don't really land, you don't really get each other. You don't share the same vision or values. Um, the in-person thing is important though. Like you can is. meet up with somebody that you have good banter with and you're like, I hate the way this person smells or something. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. And, and there's, wow. there was anxiety going into that. Like you think that this could be the real deal and then, you know, you yeah. show up and it's not at all what you expect. But for us that, that wasn't how it happened. You know, it's like, it um there was probably like 10 minutes of mild awkwardness and the rest is um well now we are where we are awesome anyway i'll, I'll let you go thank you so oh, much thank you so much for calling it was nice to talk to you it's yeah been a while. no not at all if i could just have a quick last word um i would love 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 to see you guys have um the freedom tunes guy seamus coglin on your show because i know you use a lot of his sounders and i'm oh, not yeah. sure if you've seen much of him he's on tim cast irl a lot and he is awesome he's oh like yeah we've had loveliest. him on you've had him on Twice, yeah, I he's think. been on once yeah. or twice, and he yeah. did reach out to me. It was a while back. He he had interest in coming back, and I said, "Yeah, sure." But then for some reason, it sort of fell through. He but, should do um, that. I love that guy. He's like everywhere at the moment. I see him everywhere on YouTube at the moment. He's really, oh, really? Yours, but he's such a cool. Yeah, he's, yeah. Maybe he's, I should. He's uh, on like so many. Sh- he's awesome though. Anyway, you should definitely should have just, him back because I, would I should love just to send him a message. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of his as well. So, um. So uh, yeah, no, it's good to hear from you and, and thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. Sure. Bye-bye. Let's see. Ryan is up next. Ryan, are you there? Hello. Hi. What's on your mind? Hi. Um, I mean, I don't have a two of each topic, but I, I kind of wanted to say um, I've been watching since uh, you're doing the video uh, game commentary, Matt. I've watched every single podcast episode. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in that long. My God um let's see i'm also the guy behind the clips channel um oh yeah. well thank you um, oh awesome that's a good uh yeah. that's a good opportunity to remind people there are clips channels running now and i've got them linked on the podcast page of the website and uh ryan has offered his services to cut those up so thank you for doing that we appreciate it yeah i mean and then i guess as far as just the topic um so i'm i'm a graduate student and i'm teaching a college freshman and uh-huh. um they are uh, virtual learning has just absolutely been a wreck, and they're 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 just not ready for they're just not ready for college, frankly. And it's yeah. it's been a disaster teaching them. Oh man, how long yeah. have they they've been doing virtual learning for two years? That was a stupid question that almost escaped. How long have they been doing virtual learning? So they just did you're teaching college students that did it like their junior and senior year. Yeah, in virtual learning, you know, and, or as uh, the head professor says, you know, the generation that didn't go to college or high school. <laughs> God, yeah. Uh, okay, so what sort of skills are lacking the most in your estimation? Um, 
I mean, there's so there's a lot more emphasis on just like uh, rote memorization. So I'm I'm teaching physics, and mm-hmm. you know, physics we kind of expect kids to you know be able like a large part of the the skill set we're teaching is kind of being able to think through problems on your own, and like they just like that a lot of them don't even realize that's like something that like you know something that you can do that you can just like there's something beyond just memorizing answers, and like that's been a re- huge reoccurring issue. Um, hmm. It's just okay. like, you know, they read the textbook and they just memorize all the formulas. And, you know, when yeah. it comes time to, you know, do something with it, you know, nothing, nothing's upstairs. Okay, so it's, yeah, it's like the, it's the uh, analytical reasoning. It's the critical thinking. It's the taking a concept and applying it to the next problem. Yeah. Or the next, okay, that's interesting. But, so I, I mean, I don't doubt that the remote learning has a huge part to play in that because by it's very nature you're checking out and not really paying attention because nobody's really paying attention to you you're sitting you know in your bedroom and uh su- yeah. supposedly attending class but i yeah. wonder how much of that and you're in academia so maybe you tell me I, I wonder how much of that is just by the nature of the teaching itself too because i i feel very fortunate in my experience i got uh, i feel like i had professors and teachers who challenged me to think they didn't try to just get me to regurgitate facts like you're describing. They challenged me to to think critically about what it is that I think and and be able to explain why. Do you think that even in the classroom that that sort of, I don't know, Socratic method, critical thinking, challenge people to explain their reasoning, is that missing or is that sufficiently present? Um, I mean, so we're not doing virtual learning anymore at Mm -hmm. the school I'm at. And I mean, you know, kind of the whole critical thinking thing is like, that's like the top priority of the head professor. And, you know, it's like, we're, we're trying very hard to like do what we can to get them to think that way in this class. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand is like the class I'm teaching their previous class um, was okay with just, you know, memorizing um, the class is structured in a way where they could get away with that. Um, so maybe there is just kind of that element missing, hmm. but I mean, it's, it's it's really disheartening to hear that in the in a place like a department like physics too. I mean, yeah, we're not yeah. It's yeah. Not, we're not talking about uh, social sciences. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just I, and, and, and like to be <laughs> to be an engineer or to be uh, anybody who's who's taking physics and applying it as a science. You're going to have to do that. You want to design cool new things. You want to figure out problems. You're going to have to take those sorts of of skills that you're talking about the all the, all the laws of the natural world that you learn and all the calculations that you're going to have to use. The reason you're, you're studying those is so that you can apply them to new problems. If all you can do is, I don't know, calculate um, the, the uh, calculate the time it takes for an object to fall X amount of distance or something like great, but that's not, that's not solving a new problem for anybody. And, right. and so it's not necessarily marketable or useful or in developing anything. I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I guess I'm kind of, speak and talking around in circles here it just it disheartens me to hear that it would be that way in a in a hard science like that yeah i mean it, it's my, the sense i get i mean so i this is really my first year teaching on um, the kids but like the, the professors they're all they're all talking about how it's a huge issue and mm-hmm. you know, just the sense i've gotten just you know talking to the kids is you know this is a better school than the one i went to for undergrad and uh you know it, it's capable of far less than what my classmates uh you know were able to do um Hmm. for the same amount of education as the sons i've gone 
Hmm. Wow. This is disheartening. This yeah. Is, I knew kids were going to end up being weirdos because of all this shit. <laughs> I suppose. They, they seem to socialize fine or well enough. I haven't gotten any sense of that being off. Huh. Okay. For what it's, it's worth. Well, that's, that is important. So. Yeah. These are, these are the older kids, you know, they got a, they got junior high and elementary yeah. school without virtual learning. So I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thank you for I the thoughts, tell. man. And thanks for calling in. And uh, again, thanks for helping out with the clips channel stuff. I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, thank you course. so much. All right. Have a good one. Yeah. Have a great night. Okay. We got time for at least one more call. How's our email question list kind of normal or uh, are we looking at robust? Uh, what we got like maybe a, t- a dozen here. Yeah, we'll, is that it? Let me look. Yeah, we'll probably be all Maybe right. Maybe it just felt like more because there were some look, long ones. Yeah, it doesn't look like it too bad. So let's get at least one more call here and maybe we'll oh, yeah, for a second. Mr. Gilgamesh, what's hey. on your mind? Oh, just to let you know, um, I have been working on movie list of movies for you guys of movies you I think you'll like. I've been trying to get picked for that. Um, but I also was going to bring up Discord because I didn't know if you guys knew about what was going on. Yeah, th- that's really, you know... Oh, and one thing, Matt, have you watched my my video on The Real Lincoln yet? Have you had a chance to watch it? Um, I, ha- I have not, but uh, I'm certainly interested in the topic. I did, I've did. I've seen you've emailed me, right? So I can grab it in yeah. my um. I sent both of you about the two documentaries about Ukraine that are on Rumble right now because okay. YouTube won't let them on there. Oh, of Go course. Go and watch them. They're, they explain a lot about Ukraine. They're worth watching. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay, so um yeah. anyway. Oh, and blonde. One thing. Yes. The seven deadly sins all originated from the original sin of disobedience, which we carry with us forever. Mm. So it's basically the original of all sins started with Adam and Eve saying, Okay, we're gonna eat from the tree of knowledge and got kicked out of paradise. Then came the other sins out of that. So we're kind of carrying that sin for the rest of our life. So Thanks, if Eve. we're sinful and if having a Committing a sin means you're going to go to hell. We're all screwed, which isn't actually true. It's basically you live your life the best you can. If you don't do any harm to anybody, like you're not doing terrible things to people, then, you know, overall, when you meet St. Peter, he's going to go through your life and say, okay, judge you as, you know, based on a, a quit, you know, all your life, what you've done. Have you hurt anybody? Have you done terrible things? Okay. And you have three choices. Heaven purgatory which is in between heaven and hell and then there's hell which purgatory is for those who haven't done enough to be considered worthy of heaven and you're not evil enough to go to hell but you can go from purgatory to heaven or hell depending on what you do while you're in between heaven and hell what can you even get done in purgatory you can become a better person hmm yeah, it's it's in between. I feel like, like they're gonna like they're gonna waitlist yeah. me on in heaven. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing. it's like when I <laughs> There's still when you read the Divine then. Comedies by Dante Allegory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fascinating to see. Oh my God, I read that thing. It took ten years to read it because there's so much in it. You almost can't get through it. Dante's Inferno. There. Oh yeah, Dante's yeah. Inferno. Then there's Parad- Purgatory, Paradise Lost. Oh my God. Yeah. There's so much information, it it can make your brain go, oh my god, it hurts. Maybe you it's would big. like the house that Jack built, because that oh. was based on yeah. um, Paradise Oh, Lost. I know. I've, I've, I actually saw the movie. Oh, did you like it's, it? N- no, I thought it was really bad. <laughs> it just, it, it wasn't, I like Matt Damon, but I thought it was the worst movie he No, it was done. Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon. Um, no, I mean Matt Dillon, sorry. Matt Damon, ugh. Yeah, really? God. But 
We had that experience last week. I do agree with you both on this. Ali Shitty cannot act. And I, Thank I you. didn't say anything about her acting. I just oh, said she's her unattractive. She's terrible in war games. She's terrible in um, what was the other one? Oh, God, that short circuit. That movie Dude, was terrible. I saw yeah, it and I hated it. I liked War Games better than Short Circuit. Short oh, yeah. Circuit. It's a better movie, but yeah. the best movie she was in was Breakfast Club. That movie's I've, highly overrated, it. too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it All is. right. Um, we're we're kind of yeah. up against the clock here, but if you oh, have no, a, a final I thought know. or two, well, go for it. Hey, Matt. Yeah. There's too much faggery going on. You need to calm it down. Was <laughs> it too much faggotry? Yeah, you're being too much of a faggot. You need to calm down the faggot. <laughs> See, you disgust you gotta be more specific. Me. You disgust me to the uh, as we'll no, no, reference it's not in the article. What is, all the all the well, we make love and everything. It's like oh, I've yeah. had a big oh. story about that with your kids and everything. I want to tell you someday where your kids are talking to each other about this. You mean and like? Really see, I, to, I thought you were fair, just talking Matt about. Did not create the situation, and he doesn't really have very many effeminate tendencies. So wow. I don't really know what how a, this happened. What a compliment! That's one of the greatest compliments I've ever received. No, I don't think I don't think you have any effeminate <laughs> tendencies. No, no, he doesn't. Have, it's the whole when everybody says we make love and everything. I know, it's no, like but that, in terms of gets, like calling somebody out as a faggot, yeah. it just Matt doesn't really I'm come to mind. I'm not saying you're a faggot, Matt. I'm just saying that it's. The, the that part gets a little you know that's what i mean i'm not calling you a faggot because well i would see, never here's, look at you and see you as a here's faggot. the here's, <laughs> well thank you for that uh oh, no, you're you have a kid i would you know lots <laughs> of faggots have kids why <laughs> should be helping faggots around here okay um <laughs> okay no uh here's the thing though my only my only pushback is you probably just encourage 10 more people to do matt and i once made love uh yeah super chats oh, you know god, yes Ooh, i'm not saying I that i worse. um oh, god. part of the enjoyment that people have for them is clearly for you. is clearly the embarrassment that i slash we experience and if if we were to do the uh the indignation response how dare you never do this it only inspires oh, more so worse. no it does gotta... okay and, and then there is this like fetishizing of of straight clearly straight men by the gay community and i got oh, an I email know. today i was not aware of this but there's this like um, community of black men that are into this mm. race play thing. This like, oh, I know. I, I had oh. to Google this today, and then I was like, I wish I wouldn't have done that because I got this email that's like, give us a shout out to all the, the the race play people or whatever. I guess black dudes that like want to be hated on by racist white women have been jerking oh, yeah. off to my videos recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, oh my God, that's the best yeah, news. Out there. You won't it is such a weird it. fetish. It's like um, it's like oh internet God. ball stomping, but it's my racism. Oh. You okay? Right. God, you should see. Like, so we're talking about stuff. the Daryl Lamont Jenkins's of the world. Yes. Oh my God. Firing up Blonde's YouTube the, the channel, whipping it out and saying, "Oh yeah, hate me more. Oh. Hate I me love more. it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Holy There's shit. Hating like black people out there, literally, like she said men that basically want white women to oh yeah that's a real yeah the email actually said oh, blonde God. can you please give a shout out to oh, all of the, the race play monkeys white women who hate race play monkeys white, so they want black they they date black men so that the black men can treat them like shit it's a real thing too what the oh god it's, wow wow all right um, i wasn't well, gonna talk okay. about this i got yeah, a lot of information out of that call this Thank you, thank you for that. Oh, and yeah. um, listen, we'll try yeah, to cut down on the night. faggotry, but you know, I oh, yeah. I, I don't no, know that we'll be able fault. to. It's everybody else's Matt. <laughs> I was just calling it, you know, joking and everything. All right, we'll see I you, man. I wouldn't dare call you Andrew Gillum. 
So. Oh, God, get yes. out of here. <laughs> Peace and blessings be upon him. Remember Andrew Gillum, nearly oh, governor of Florida, lost yeah. to Ron DeSantis and went on to have what, like gay meth orgies in which he nearly OD'd and died or something like that? Just one gay meth orgy. Throw Is he one of the, uh, what was the term? What kind of monkeys? He said, it said, give race a shout play? out to all of your race play monkeys. Race I think he wanted monkeys. me to like, you know, calling black people monkeys is part of the the race play, wouldn't it be? I guess. I, I don't know. We're th- I don't uh, understand this. We're going to have Cod Rod last word tonight. Cod Rod, are you there? I am here. We're uh, I got we're kind of tight on the clock, but uh, I can give you a, a quick thought or question or whatever might be on your mind. Uh, I mean, I mean, honestly, I was calling in like my wife is Ukrainian and I was oh. so it's it's a longer topic if well it's, I, I completely it, understand it, if you just have some thoughts i don't and maybe we can respond to them quickly or alternatively you can if, if they're really long you can send me an email too but i can give you a minute or two just to just to say your piece uh if you feel like you have thoughts that are, are wor- uh, worth hearing for people yeah hold on let me take myself out of my here because i'm hearing myself repeat now but um yeah sure uh yeah i mean i guess in general i'm <sighs> pretty confused about some of the kind of narratives being thrown around from people I want to say on the right on mm. it. Like I feel like a timeline issue and people just don't care about Ukraine. Like I, I was following it. She came over before the 2013 and Maidan stuff, but um, it was like right before it's a couple years ago, a mm. um, couple years before, but like, I don't know, like people look at Zelensky, like he's part of the whole corruption thing with, you know, but I mean, truly, that was like Yanukovych was corrupt with Russia in a way that, you know, is, can't even be close to understated. And then the whole Biden thing and all that incident, that all happened under Poroshenko, who came before Zelensky and a whole lot of the election cycle in that country. Because, I mean, I've talked to her dad about, well, I sort of talked to him. I don't speak Russian yet. Uh, they don't speak English yet because she got them here. Right. And blonde mm-hmm. can say whatever. <laughs> but, How dare uh, you? Yeah. Um, but you know, they pay for their own stuff here too. So there's that, uh, but yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I, but it's, I, it's, I feel like it's a longer conversation than a couple of minutes, but I'm yeah, sure. I, I, well, I, it, it, but it sounds like you feel like there are some misconceptions. So, um, if you had to say like what the top, I don't know, two or three misconceptions, at least in the view of, of your wife's experience or however you're reaching this conclusion, what, what are the biggest misconceptions that are circulating? That, I mean, so I think I think one of the biggest ones is like uh, like placing like Zelensky in with like the corruption and mm-hmm. like I know like the Panama Papers and whatnot. There there is a certain level of just base corruption that is just a part of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, you can look at that and say what you will, but you know, you're in the poorest country in Europe, who was practically a vassal state of Russia for quite a long time. Um, they're the the push through of gas coming in and out. So, and, and you have the United States throwing around billions of dollars here and there, or Russia throwing around billions of dollars here and there. And if I mean, yeah, there is corruption, but yeah, the whole point of Zelensky's election was trying to clean up a lot of that, and that was sort of the internal politics. I mean, and I, to a big part, that's probably why they're being invaded is because they're trying to kick out some of the foreign influence that they've mm-hmm. had forever. Hmm. And yeah, so I'll, okay. I'll leave that that since that's, you know, I don't yeah, sure. Know. If you feel like you have more thoughts, um, you can send them my way through email for sure. 
sorry to be a little bit brief. It's just, you know, we're, no, it's we're, we're very tight on time, but, um, but thank you for the call, man. And, uh, all the best to your family. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. That will do it on calls tonight. Appreciate all the callers and, um, appreciate your patience. If you were trying to get in and did not, or, um, if you are looking to participate in the show, but you can't do it live, of course, Send us an email question. Uh, again, that's through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We will take those questions and respond to them each and every week at the end of the stream, as we will right now. Uh, first up tonight is Saki Yum Milk. Is that one of those trick names? I got to be careful with that one. <sighs> Let's see. Uh, he says, Matt, you have alluded to the decline of your current area. Have you started to seriously look for potential new locations? Well, that depends on what you mean by seriously. Um, have uh, have we scouted real estate options elsewhere? Yeah. Uh, do I do I expect to move imminently? Probably not. Um, I, I I really like uh, I love Bozeman. I love the Gallatin Valley. I, I love this part of Montana. I love this part of the country. I don't want to leave, but. Yeah. It's not just that the politics are shifting. It's that the cost of living in particular, the cost of housing is just getting prohibitive. And I know I'll have two options if we have another kid. One is for me to get offsite studio space, which is an option. But given the price of real estate in this town, even a small office space, which all I need is about a bedroom size. That's all I'm in right now. Even that would cost me a pretty penny where I could probably find something more affordable elsewhere. Or I could build onto the house. Maybe I could have a shed in the backyard that I do yeah. the streams from. There are options, but I think more realistically, it's sell and move to a more affordable place. So places that we have looked at, um, even though where I live specifically is uh, being flooded with uh, people with, uh, well, coastal elites who are bringing their coastal politics with them. Uh, the state of Montana is actually doing pretty well politically uh, and I, I think is actually going to last a, last longer than a lot of other states in terms of, of having um, good values in its state capital. So we've looked at other parts of Montana like Flathead Lake. Um, I've considered Billings, which is the biggest city in what the state. What about that place that you were talking about in Idaho? Uh, I love um, Triggs, Idaho, which is on the west side of the Tetons. Eastern Idaho, you get all of that Teton beauty without all the Jackson bullshit, but even Driggs is you know, buying Driggs. It's getting pretty expensive. Really? The other places we talk about are just middle of nowhere, Wyoming. Cause that's one of the greatest places in the lower 48 to be guaranteed to be left alone, middle yeah. of nowhere, Wyoming. And uh, I hadn't been back to the black Hills for many years until the 4th of July. Black Hills have a lot of, a lot of, um, well, a reasonably affordable housing opportunities. And it's just a cool area. I love, um, I mean, the landscape there is cool, but the, but the Western history of the Black Hills, I find to be really fascinating. And I think God, it would- This is expensive. Uh, you talking about Driggs? Driggs. Yeah, it sucks. It's not Jackson, but it's, you know, it's not cheap either. Uh, so in general, to answer the question, I'm definitely staying around this part of the country. Un until like i guess until they're all here and they've left california and we have to go back to california to, to back, fix yeah. it but um i love this part of the country so i can't imagine not living in so somewhere in the mountain west that's just that's where i belong and the black hills are kind of a hybrid of like the great plains and sort of the mountain west they're kind of an isolated mini mountain range in there but it's still pretty cool man we should have moved to bozeman uh well uh i mean dude, it's both, too late now Coeur d'Alene and bozeman are both like 
just red hot housing markets. They're they're well, it's just like these are like Beverly Hill prices out here, and then it's kind of like a podunk town. Well, that's just fat people everywhere, and the weather sucks my balls. (laughs) And Uh, there's a well, you have a lot of the same dynamics here where you have people. The, the the elements of the show Yellowstone are kind of true. You have a lot of people that have lived here for generations and maybe they have a ranch or maybe they have a trailer, but they're being priced out or pushed out by a whole bunch of elites moving in with a whole bunch of money trying to remove them. And, Montana's um, prettier than Idaho, though. Of Coeur d'Alene is, at least in my memory. I haven't been back for five, six years, but very pretty. Um, yeah. Yeah. Eastern Idaho on the on the western flank of the of the Tetons is one of the prettiest places around as far as I'm concerned. So these prices are obscene. In Driggs? Yes. It's a small little town of like 2000 people too. It's like 1500 people. These are 3 million dollar houses and stuff. For how much square footage? Is it a big house? This one's 760,000 for 1000 square feet. What? Yeah. A thou Okay, so I guess it's <laughs> I guess it's guess everywhere it's already. Yeah, the dreams of Driggs are dead. Like okay. we, we're we're priced out of small town Idaho. That's yeah, crazy. Guess, guess so. Where anyway. are we going to live? Because I'm not moving back to the Midwest. Uh well, like I said, we just hope that they all leave California and we go back and fix it. But this place but, sucks inside too. It looks like a. Oh but seriously speaking, too, it's like you're going to run from these people forever, or are you going to stand your ground somewhere? You got to pick a spot and maybe there's more wisdom in that. This is Long Don John. Uh, Who are you more worried about, Joe Biden or the people pulling Joe Biden's puppet strings? Who do you think Americans and the world should be more worried about? Obviously, the the powers that be behind Joe Biden. Joe Biden is like barely an autonomous, sentient being anymore. He's a husk for somebody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody's all talking about fetal viability all the time. What about elderly viability? (laughs) Like... Yeah, that's a post heartbeat thing. The only thing I could say for worry about Biden himself is that he is at some level of mental slowdown or senility or however you want to characterize it. And as far as I understand, I mean, he he does have final say on things. He does have the ability to make massively consequential decisions. I just wonder how many decisions of consequence that are made, say, on things like the economy or Ukraine. Is he actually the guy at the table uh, banging his fist on the table and saying, this is how it's going to be. I doubt it. I don't think he's making yeah. decisions of substance, but he is a crazy old man who could, and there's danger in that. But yeah, I worry about whoever's doing the decision-making for him much more. So uh, Charlie yeah. says, don't you think that explicitly explaining the mechanics of what gay sex involves <laughs> would be enough to put young adults off to it? If it is indeed disgusting, um, you know, uh, I distinctly remember My high school, it was like junior high health slash sex ed teacher did give that sort of detailed description and described how that part of the body is not meant to receive the other part of the body in the same way. Uh, Yeah, he he just he said it's you know, it's not it's not meant to take that sort of abuse. That was well, he was right. Um, Yeah, I mean, anal sex was like all the rage at my high school. I think because there was a huge Catholic population, like Catholic girls school, and they called hey. it the poop, the poop hole loophole. There's no way Jesus uh, is down with that. That's not. But they would not have vaginal sex. If they'd have <laughs> I've sex. heard of this thing. Yeah. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, Why would you do that? Yeah, I, I've, I'm, yeah, I just I have a hard time believing 
I don't think that uh, horny teenagers are going to care about how how gross it is. I don't think that's going to work. Uh, well, and and even though like I'm I'm talking about how I, this was like it kind of was explained to me, but looking back on it, I don't think that was the proper venue either. Like that's probably no. I don't think Why I should have received. Why is anybody talking to you about anal sex in public high school? That's insane. Then again, I would hate to put that burden on my parents, but it is their burden, and um, well, that's uh, true. I, I, you know, I <laughs> I don't want to explain this. I don't want to explain that to my son either. I don't want to sit down and be like, you know, it, the butt is not meant for that. Well, you're going to have to. You're going to have to have that conversation with him. <laughs> I guess so. I How, guess why so. are you guys writing a, writing this in? All right, whatever. I hope my mom's not watching. It can't hurt. It can't hurt. I think Charlie's on. Well, it can oh, hurt. Just... And that's why we should explain it. Okay. No, no. Every time my mom has so many opinions about this because it makes her hate my, my generation. She's like, you guys, your generation has anal sex. Disgusting. Disgusting your mom, generation. Uh, I'm like, well, I, I, why are you yelling at me? Like, I didn't do anything. Not that I would pick a personal fight with your mom, but your mom, both of our parents, I think are technically boomer generation. Are they not? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Boomers can't talk. <laughs> oh yeah like no but but my mom is like a different kind of boomer like she never bought into the boomer stuff everybody thinks they're a different kind I'm of telling boomer. you i'm telling you she's different she's different she's not any less annoying she's just annoying in a different way okay all right um do you know how annoying it is to have like a super red-pilled mom she's like have, did you read the stormer today i'm like i haven't read the stormer in like three days and she's like what kind of daughter of mine doesn't read the stormer in three days <laughs> no my mom has never made a stormer reference to me no that's not that's oh not my god happened. i think that she wishes i i i was andrew anglin i think that she like wow regrets. you've disappointed her uh yeah yeah, yeah she's like always calling calling you're a fat you're actually like, you're fat <laughs> god um wow Tinja. well as, you know if blonde's mom Need some airtime to defend her honor. You know what? No, it's weird. She's like a, a hyper introvert. Huh. If she had to do my job for five minutes, like I, I would have to ply her with Xanax just to like, there's just no, there's no world in which she could do something like this. She's like a sweet little old lady. She's like a, an excellent knitter and everything like that. And she just yeah. looks so sweet. And she's got her little glasses on and the sweater that she made. And she's like, are you reading the daily stormer, Rebecca? Are you reading <laughs> okay. it every day? It's just, all right it's the it's knitting the, and the stormer yeah like great with kids yeah Alexander Ranglin. um tim joe the rice man last week you all talked about whether a representative should vote his conscience or represent mm. the majority opinion i think representatives should vote their conscience but vote the majority opinion if a supermajority two-thirds of his constituent mm. constituents side one particular way simple majority rule is not what we want and I think the Senate filibuster is an example of raising the threshold for making change as opposed to keeping the status quo. That being said, should supermajorities be the standard for all legislation? Hmm. Uh, probably. I mean, I think that it would it would prevent uh, a lot of bureaucracy formation. I would probably be in favor of that. And of course it basically already is with the filibuster, but in the federal context in particular, yeah, because what does that mean? It means simple majority of population and or States telling 
the rest of the population and or states to do as they want. Right, to do as they want. In that context, you you really need to make sure that there's a broad level of agreement on that sort of thing. And if you don't like it, if you can't reach that threshold, guess what? Go to, go back to your dumb state and get it done there and leave us alone. That's really how that system ought right. to work. As far as um, voting your conscience versus voting for what your constituents say, even if it's even if it's two thirds, I just don't like the idea of, well, the polling has declared that I must vote this particular way. You could be a robot. And I just think there's a reason we elect people and we we decide that we believe in this person's judgment to represent us. Yeah. And if they do a poor job, we vote them out. Um, but I, I just don't I don't want to send someone who is not willing to exercise the courage of his own conviction when he goes there. That's and, true. Yeah. And if I and if I didn't, if I, I, I just wouldn't want to elect a person of that sort of character, a person who submits when the mob tells him to. That's yeah. that's really what that means. I understand it's not quite the same because you're you're supposed to represent these people. They're not completely a bunch of pitchforks and torches, but there is a mechanism for for those people to get them out. And and if they're not allowed to exercise their own judgment in any way, why are we sending them there? We should just send yeah. robots or computer yeah. programs. That's Read the fair. polling, vote accordingly. Uh, Country fair. Mouse says, Blonde, what did you or what was it like living in New York City? Good, bad and worst. Um, well, I can't remember because I was so drunk all the time. Uh, hmm. New York City. Uh, I don't know. I. I like living I, before pre-COVID era. I, I used to like living in cities, but they are really just dens of debauchery. I'm having access, the good, like having access to stuff to do all the time and world-class museums and world-class restaurants and everything like that. It It's super fun. The bad, it's it's also like such easy access to um, all the degeneracy too. Hmm. And the worst, it's like a, it's a really filthy, filthy Filthy city, dirty, gross, like physically dirty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've never been. Um, you're not really missing out. Okay. Dudu Bridges says, um, you said that Russia's peace deal was reasonable. How so? Doesn't Ukraine have a right to sovereignty? Why does Russia get to invade and make demands? Even if you don't especially care about Ukraine, is it wise to give our closest neighbor after Canada and Mexico free reign to conquer its own neighbors? I think that, this is uh, okay. It's not the same as Canada or Mexico because we formed independently and culturally from one another. Uh, so it's it's not it's not the same in that way. Like like as Americans and me, I I do not understand the breadth of this conflict. What I do know is that there are more cultural and geographic ties between Ukraine and Russia than us with our with our neighboring countries it's just not it's just not the same thing um and i think that putin has a right to to want to protect his nation from a neighboring country that has nefarious ties and and may be uh developing some kind of nuclear arsenal because of this nato alliance i, I think that he's got some legitimate gripes He's a piece of shit. Um, wow. So he is. Coming, ha- coming harsh at Vladimir. But I mean, Zelensky is too. That's that's the yeah. thing that I'm really, you know, six oligarchs own half of Russia's wealth. It's not like Russia has no problems. Putin is in the pocket of some 
world leaders that I'm not super happy about. Uh, but you can't trust Zelensky. Like, like I, I hate that this is being framed as this, um, as this, uh, this vote for democracy and and protecting a sovereign nation. That's not. That's not really what's happening there. Yeah, and I, I, I gather that this question was probably more uh, directed at you than me. But um, I can understand Russia. Obviously, I'm not in favor of invading a sovereign country and then saying, OK, give us this territory and we'll go away. That's that's, you know, a, a, an act of coercion and force that I, I don't agree with on principle. And I don't think any country should be doing that to any other country. But as far as their gripes, that is one area where I can at least understand. That is to say, if you were telling me that the United that there was a foreign alliance of countries with a mutual defense agreement and a mutual uh, maybe hostility is too strong a word of a word, but a mutual opposition to us, and they were expanding membership, Canada joined, Mexico joined. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying that gives us a right to go into Juarez and take it over, although we have you know our own conflicts that are coming out of that place. Um, I'm saying we would we would have certainly a a reasonable concern about that happening, and and we would have a reason to uh, to talk to some people about that and figure out what the hell's going yeah, on. Yeah, but what if so, Juarez was filled with like rugged individualist um, white Americans that helped found the country and actually wanted to be American? I suppose it's not uh, a a perfect analogy in that there are, that you're you're saying that Mexico is culturally different from the United States in the way that you, Ukraine and Russia are not. Yeah, five um, percent yeah, of the Ukrainian refugees I just don't, went to Russia. I don't. I still don't think that that justifies me going in there and taking that place by force. If 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 the if the ties are that similar, um, there's probably a political mechanism through which to achieve that. Or maybe I don't understand, and maybe Ukraine is saying to those areas, "We will not let you go." They want to go, and Ukraine will not let them. Perhaps that's. What's going on? I don't know enough about the specific politics of that situation. But in but in general, even if you feel a strong tie, like there's a lot of Albertans that are very culturally similar to Montanans. I don't think that gives the Montana National Guard a right to go into Calgary and say this is ours now if they don't yeah. agree to, have, to that happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can understand Russia's perspective. I don't agree with their actions. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Uh, Richie says, I have a question I've been struggling with since Putin invaded Ukraine. I'm in Massachusetts and my surname has been on the land for nearly 400 years. I'm also of partial Finnish descent. So I loathe Russians. I'm six foot two, uh, six foot two, physically fit, and I'm not afraid to fight. If someone came to harm my children or invade my land, I would gladly do wicked things to protect what I love. My ancestors did so, but I would go overseas to fight on behalf of the Great Reset or or oh, sorry, but, but would I, there's a question, but would I go overseas to fight on behalf of the great reset or changing demographic or changing demographics or pickle puffers? I, I look at what this country is becoming compared to what it should be. And it's a real struggle. Where does one draw the line? I, I guess I'm not totally clear on the question. here. He's saying he has no problem defending what's his, but would I go? Oh, so if he joined the military here, would he go overseas and fight on behalf of a lot of the uh, degeneracy that this country seems to stand for in many different ways now? Well, that is um, the question. I mean, where does one is... draw the line? Well, that, that's a very difficult line to draw because, of course, serving in the military doesn't and can't mean that you agree with every single policy. Is he talking decision. about military service? I don't think so. Well, would I go overseas to fight? I guess. 
what no, does I that mean? I think he's talking about going to his ancestral homeland. Oh, to Finland or something like that. Right. But the Finnish aren't fighting, at least in Finland right he's now. He's talking They're... about the cultural takeover of, of, of Western civilization by, yeah. you know, faggots. <laughs> okay. I, I guess yeah. not, I don't perfectly understand the dilemma here. Um, he's okay. So I think he's saying, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Richie, but like, why should I try? I know that my ancestors defended my ancestral homeland, but mm-hmm. how do I do that? And what I'll, I will be defending with my life is to preserve this globo homo horseshit that I didn't want in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so he feels disenfranchised. Yeah. That's the question that we're all, we're all trying to answer. Like I look at this country and I'm like, defend what? Why? Why? Um, I can protect a bunch of leftist elitists that are just going to take my money and redistribute it to a bunch of minorities. Why should I do that? Are you defending? Yeah. Are you defending value? Are you defending people or are you defending values? And I'm not even asking rhetorically. I think that's a, uh, a serious question for consideration right now that I, at this point, I think if not entirely in large part, there's the defense of, of wicked people. Even if the values on which this country uh, was founded are correct, and I believe that they are, uh, oh, I don't no, think there's. We fucked this all up. What he was talking about about joining Ukrainian forces. Oh, okay, so would he go? Well, so he's saying I'm just I'm just going over there to fight on behalf of Ukraine because of a hatred of Russians. Mm, I mean, he doesn't yes. have any connection to Ukraine other than a hatred of Russians. Mm, no, he's Ukrainian. I thought he said I'm I'm partial. Oh, I'm also partial Finnish descent. Yeah. I mean, this is no. He he doesn't say he's Ukrainian. Yeah, he does. He said I since Putin invaded Ukraine. I'm in Massachusetts. My surname has been on this land for nearly 400 years. I assume he's talking about Ukraine. I'm also. Well, I thought a partial it was. Finnish I'm in descent. Massachusetts, and my surname has been on this land. Dude, we don't understand your question. Yeah, I, I, I'll probably just have to punt this one. We're, we're not quite following the fact pattern here. But if um, if you if you would like to clarify, we'll happily take the question um, in the coming week. Sorry about that. Sistine Chapel. Hey, Mountain Blonde, why is no one trying to bring attention to the organization causing all our problems as a country? The Federal Reserve, is it too boring, hmm. too complex for the average person? Love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. You know, I used to talk, I made videos about the Federal Reserve, and I... I just don't talk about it. Maybe it is because it's too boring. People don't care. And it's uh, just so difficult to um, to tackle like this, these huge government organizations. I just feel like. And it's almost kind of abstract. Yeah. It's not like you it, you, you don't. Um, it's not like you drive down the street and see the Federal Reserve. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. or like it obviously has massive impact on your life, but it's sort of this abstract concept that people don't really understand. And quite honestly, I only understand it on a, a, on a broad level. I don't understand the ins and outs of the fed and how they operate, but that's kind of the point. And, um, wait, we deleted the question. What was the exact question? I'll make sure I undo that. I just want to, uh, Oh, so the question is just, why is no one trying to bring attention to it? Well, um, (laughs) Ron Paul would beg to differ. He's been talking for many, many (laughs) years. I've been talking about this for 50 years. Why weren't you guys listening? Um, but is it too boring, too complex for the average person? I think you're probably hitting it right that because it's, it's sort of not tangible in the daily life of the average person, at least not in the way they perceive it, even though it is tangible on their wallets, they just don't really realize it's just kind of this abstract ghost that's out there that people don't really understand, which sucks 
because that's kind of by its design. And these are things that have a massive impact on your financial situation um, and the value of your dollar. But we just sort of accept them as, I don't know, I guess the state of the state of how the world works. We just think that inflation is sort of a natural occurrence and would just happen naturally absent some sort of uh, government intervention or government force. And certainly the prices of things fluctuate, but uh, inflation is largely the product of that sort of, of government intervention. And instead we believe it to be something that's just like a natural thing. That's sort of unavoidable. Uh, I think you're hitting it right. I think that the only thing I would add is that there's, there's an intentional um that they want it sort of cloaked that they want it kind of not at the forefront not on the head not in headline news every day just kind of this thing that operates more um as as like the the wizard of oz man behind the curtain kind of stuff yeah instead of like i I don't know i mean jerome powell and the rest of them are out there it's not as though they're perfectly hidden i suppose but i don't know i i don't know why people don't care i I actually (laughs) they should they should wish I had a better answer for that. Conservative monkey says my wife recently took a new job in which she earns considerably more money than me. I don't want this to bother me, but I cannot help that it does. I've been considering searching for a new job that will bring me greater earnings. She is encouraging, encouraging me not to leave my current job because I like what I'm doing. I've pointed out statistical studies that show that marriages where the wife earns more are likely to have problems and end in divorce. She says she doesn't believe that will be us. She swears that she doesn't think less of me as a husband or father and would hate to see me leave the job in which I am content in search of something that will make me unhappy but will pay me more. Curious to hear your perspective. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, women say a lot of things and then they're like, I don't understand why I never want to blow you anymore. <laughs> you know, like women don't understand their own behavior. I would trust your yeah. instincts on this one. Um, that's really unfair. What, uh, what's unfair? My answer here. Uh. I will say, okay, so I make way less money than my husband. But because I bring in some income and pay, like I pay for my family's food and all the stuff for the baby, it makes me think that I can do less work, like less of the mom work. And so it's put us in a situation where we're more egalitarian than we should Mm. be. Interesting. So, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, will you watch the baby while I go do whatever and stuff? Because I'm like, well, I make some money, so... Well, uh, we could negotiate a wider wage gap in this show's operation. <laughs> definitely. That would definitely help. Um, yeah. But but I'm saying that like it it isn't necessarily like what she's saying to you is probably true. Like she genuinely doesn't think that it's going to change anything. She doesn't yeah. want it to blah, blah. But like she will it'll manifest in her behavior. Almost certainly. Um, I. I, d- I don't think that you're wrong to worry about this as a, t- as a statistical matter that generally speaking, um, women, you know, that, that men tend to feel less satisfied if they're not the breadwinner of the family and that women perhaps are less attractive, uh, to men, even their husbands, if their husbands are not the breadwinners. So yeah. I don't think it's wrong to worry about that as a, a possible direction. Um, that said, if it was, if I was in this situation, uh, I'm not a big fan of creating problems before they, in fact, exist. That's true, too. Yeah, and he likes his job. 
so I I would play wait and see with this. And the fact that you're talking about it openly, I think, is is really good that you're not letting this kind of go unspoken. Um, the fact that you view this as a potential hurdle and you've discussed it with her and you're on the same page. If the complications do arise, that'll make them easier to address down the road. So even if you get into a spot where you just even though you like your job, you feel unsatisfied in it because you feel like you're not the breadwinner of the family or maybe she there's some there's some dynamic uh, attraction or romantic change between you that yeah. you can address that. So yeah. I'm with you that that it's 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 potentially treacherous territory, but I would just say don't don't solve the problems before they actually manifest. Just right, wait right. and see with an understanding that they might come about and and, and assess then because it sounds, you know, I, I know it's unconventional, but it doesn't sound like you have a terrible thing going. Your family is going to be in good financial shape. You enjoy what you do. These things aren't insurmountable. Yeah. You just you you keep a watchful eye on it. That's true. If you like your job, then you're luckier than most people. So and plus, yeah, I mean, well, there's two ways to look at it, too. Number one, I mean, it's still a, a, a labor. It's a labor friendly market. If you want to find a new job now actually is a good time because employers are competing for for workers so much. But then the other side of it, too, is like there's there's so much economic uncertainty forthcoming, even if employers are competing for workers right now. Speaking of the Fed, I mean, the, the, we're talking about raising interest rates. We've seen inflation go out of control, um, which is by and large why they're doing it. But there's a lot of uncertainty coming up soon that might make whatever new job you get a, a less secure than you think it is. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would wait and see on this and, uh, okay. Yeah. Good luck. I, that's, that's probably good advice. Um, Ryan, Thanks to advice you've given over the last four years, I've started watching. Oh, since I started watching. Wow, I'm illiterate. I've started dating it's a girl who I night. love. We're both 23. And in our last year of schooling, her as a nurse and myself as a physical therapist, we've known each other forever since we were like six. But we just started dating a year ago. She shares my values and my wishes for life, including getting married early and having kids early. When do you think is a good time to propose? I want to next year when we're out of school, but I'm not sure if it's too soon. Your guys' thoughts. You propose yesterday you've been dating for a year you've known since (laughs) you were kids and you're 23 like there's no reason to wait get a ring on that who cares if it's a nice ring whatever it's like a little piddly diamond or what she's not going to give a shit she's going to be so jazzed get married have a bunch of babies fuck everybody that tells you that you're too young uh, I agree on the matter of principle the uh, matters of principle that blonde is describing but I also agree because of this line in in the question, she shares my values and my wishes for life, including getting married, married early, early and having kids having early. Kids this early. is yeah. what she wants, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that's what you want, what, what are you waiting for? Yeah. And I, there, lock it down. A year is like the maximum amount of time people should be getting engaged or getting dating without getting engaged. It's you like know by once then. you hit a year, yeah, you know. By yeah, then. you know by then. So it's like, what are, what are you doing if not? And um, and I. If if she has any sort of negative reaction to that sort of thing, well, that's she's not going not to because then, yeah. she you just you just said that she you've had this conversation and she she that's what she wants. So that sounds like a keeper, man. And um, and all the best and congratulations on uh, whatever your decision is, because I'm sure you're going to do it sooner or later. And um, and that's great. And I hope you find that yeah. that once you have that commitment to each other, there's a whole new level of honesty that exists between the two of you. And it just gets it's just gets better from there. 
Yep. Uh, get a manufactured diamond. They're identical to those found in nature, except they're flawless. They only go up to one carat, and she's in college, so she shouldn't need bigger than a carat. And they're way cheaper. Way cheaper. I, As always, I'm shocked that Blonde does not love blood diamonds. but um... I don't. You know why? Because a bunch of elitists have done this diamond heisted market where they've made us think that diamonds are valuable when they're actually not. It's total market failure. You know, every man, woman and child on earth could have a handful of diamonds. They're not actually rare. They're not the most beautiful gemstone. It's these fucking de (laughs) Berg's. Well, uh, on that topic, that has me thinking of Tinder swindler. That's uh, so good. (laughs) If people haven't seen Tinder Swindler and the fake diamond uh, mogul man who swindled a bunch of women out of uh, a whole bunch of money on on Tinder. Fantastic Netflix. And you know what's satisfying about that? Most true crime. You're like, oh, I really wish this like 11 year old wouldn't have gotten raped and murdered. It makes you really sad and stuff. This true crime. It's like watching all these chicks that totally should have seen it coming. Get taken for a bunch of monies after taking money after taking out like five payday loans. It's yeah, truly satisfying. You don't have to feel bad for the victims. I, I, I was amazed. It's like okay, I get how you th- you thought this awesome guy needed help once, so you let him borrow your credit card. Uh, after he didn't pay you back for weeks and still said that he needed yeah. uh, instant loans, and you did it. It's just. And then like the reasons they all wanted to bang this guy, that, that one chick who got taken for $250,000, she fucked him on on the the first date. Did they say that? I can't remember. They actually, yeah, she's uh, like, and then he kissed me and then we went back to his apartment and blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? I guess I, yeah. And then a month later, he's like sending her to look, they never met again. And he's sending her to look around for $15,000 a month apartments. Yeah, that's right. And then his entire scam was just like, I lost my visa card. Paid for by the next chick he's scamming. Yeah. Yeah, Or or the one before that. Like standard pyramid scheme stuff. This guy isn't. um, Yeah. Um, Crazy custodian. Yeah. Read this. Okay. Um, As crazy as it sounds, I once considered myself a liberal person until the line shifted when I wasn't paying attention. Mm. As the line to what is considered conservative and what is considered liberal continues to shift, I'm finding my liberal friends slowly open to the current insanity of liberal politics. Is it possible that the changing landscape may make us one day outnumber the liberals? The one day they may find that one day they may find themselves such a small minority that they don't matter. Yes, of course. That's just the. The nature of the Overton window shifting and um, and the pendulum swinging. That's just the way that's just the way it's going to go. And they're really overplaying their hands. Like, can you imagine being a classical liberal right now and looking around and it's like a bunch of fucking trannies trying to change the gender of your kids? And they're just like, uh, I, I just believed in some classical liberal values. Like, what, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's uh, one of many reasons why the uh, the upcoming election is such a major uh, litmus test for me. We're going to we're going to find out we're going to find out what level of crazy people are are actually willing to tolerate and what level of fortification exists to potentially counter their uh, their assuredly legitimate votes, Susan. But but yeah, I um, I think that's a possibility. I think I, I think. Well, I, I guess I'm kind of surprised that you answered that way because that that would, I mean, that would imply that the normies are still available to to reason and to eye opening and conversion. Well, it's and all just that. the way that the politics always 
works, you know, like you, you go too far and then you got to move it back yeah. and then you go too far. And I mean, to, to your point, I am shocked that there are people who have gone through the last two years and, and, and suddenly buy a, a gallon of milk for a dollar or two extra and they go, what, what the hell? It's Everything's like, a lie. I mean, I agree that that sucks, but it, but of all the bullshit that we've seen for two years straight, yeah, it's, really? it's like, how did it take this long? How, and people get red pilled so fast. It's like yeah. it's often right. Well, that it's is like, how it happens in their defense. And, and that's how it happened for me, too. Once I saw these people betray the value of free speech, it's like, all right, you guys are way off on this. What the hell else are you no, wrong but people, about? People overcorrect. Like they get yeah. they get in too deep. They're like, oh, my gas cost six six dollars. Were six million Jews really gassed? And it happens in like <laughs> it happens in like three weeks. I'm like, OK, let's let's slow down. Like put, maybe the some people here. are on the rocket ship like that. I don't know. <laughs> That's, That's totally how it happened. I suppose it might be. Um, Charlie, countries where oil dominate the economy tend to have strong despotic leaders. Mm. Will switching to renewable energy not only be good for our security, but also lead to a liberalization of those countries where oil dominates the economy? You know, I don't think so. I I, I think it might just be uh, coincidental and not necessarily causal that, um, that there are despotic leaders in these oil-dominated countries. I think it's a... It's it's largely a cultural matter. Muslims especially um, really have this strong urge, probably based in in their religion, to be ruled with an iron fist. Yeah, it's, it's just what they well, want. And keep in mind, the uh, the U.S. is the greatest producer of oil in in the world currently. Uh, do I think that we are the um, the bastion of of freedom that we claim to be? And um, I think we've lost some of that historically. I, w- I wouldn't say that we're – I grant the point that certainly we're not on the level of, say, Russia or a lot of um, Middle Eastern countries when it comes to yeah. kind of our strongman leader. But but we are the global leader. And, and if honestly, if it wasn't for energy-hostile policies, we'd be producing even more. So I, I think this is probably somewhat coincidental. Um, and the, the other thing about a lot of these countries too is, is – uh, when you're when you're say an oil producing country, at least as far as I understand, there are a lot of countries that are doing kind of only that. Like this is the thing we do. This, this is, is the thing we do. This yeah. is the product we make. Maybe that lends itself to kind of a, an authoritarian leadership too, because we have one thing we're going to do it really well, That's and I'm true. the guy yeah. who runs it. I definitely think it's multifactorial, though. Yeah, could be. <clears throat> uh, Force ghost. Ranger, or I can't read tonight either. Let me try one more time. Force Ghost Roger Moore. If you could renormalize societal shame for just one thing, what would it be? For example, promiscuity, obesity, things which used to be shameful and seen as a sign of personal failings, but have now become completely normal. Thanks. Um, what would be like the best for society? Hmm. I think probably the best thing for society would be um like uh, multi-gender, multi-gender, both genders being shamed for promiscuity. Because if you look at Victorian times and things like that, everybody acts like men had um, had total carte blanche to just bang whoever they wanted. Promiscuity was was highly discouraged amongst men. It was ruinous for women, but highly discouraged amongst men as well. And I think that if we brought back a shame-based culture, uh, that was focused on sexuality that maybe we would we wouldn't have to deal with all this like homo in your face stuff all the time um and people would get into monogamous relationships again i'm going to bend the rules of the question even though it says just one thing i'm going to give a couple of honorable mentions um number 1 
these are not my top picks, but just things I, I think would be helpful. Maybe not the most. I think obesity as far as our general health. Yeah. Huge. Uh, huge factor. If 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 I wonder what our coronavirus numbers would have been if we just had obesity down to say five percent of the country, probably eliminate almost all of the so-called deaths right there. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget the experience that we had in Cleveland with the shout your abortion chick and it's like a, a, I'm proud of abortion. Um, ab- abortion. You know, I'm not saying that we need to be like. I. I always hesitate to to adopt these tactics of kind of going after people and shaming them and, and getting confrontational because I hate that they do that. But yeah. but the other side of that is is women screaming on the street like we saw proud of killing their offspring. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. The things like that need to be shamed not just on behalf of the offspring that you killed, the life that you ended, but because of what it means for women and for the fathers of those children mm-hmm. too. You want to talk about a destructive force. For everybody involved, uh, father, mother, and child, there's that. But I think that even that is something of a symptom of how far we've gone in just ignoring or denying traditional gender roles and Mm -hmm. and men being men, women being women, and them coming together for the benefit of the children that they create. Abortion has kind of – abortion as like a point of pride has grown out of sort of – Making this kind of like women's independence movement away from men. Men don't matter. We'll take control of our bodies and we'll kill our kids exactly. if we want. Yeah. The, the destruction of traditional masculinity, traditional femininity, and their union in the form of a family, I think, is probably the single most destructive thing that we've faced as a country. Yeah. So I would, I would go. That's a good I, don't, yeah. I don't know how to summarize that in. Uh, like who do you who do you shame for that? It's just. People. It's like it's it's all just Shame it's like we sh- we shouldn't celebrate. We shouldn't have destroyed masculinity in the way that we've done. We shouldn't celebrate divorce or, you know, consider that to be as viable of an option as it is. We shouldn't celebrate abortion. We shouldn't celebrate all of these things that um, contribute to the destruction of the family and the, tr- the destruction of men as men and women as women. But yep, exactly. I kind of cheated on that. I took way no. I bit off way too much. But uh, thank you for the questions, guys. Appreciate it. Let me reload this page. And uh, as always, uh, head on over to the website. If you'd like to send us a question for the call-in show, contact page mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. We'll take them there. And we'll just uh, catch up with our chatters and we'll call it a night. Uh, Let me see. Over on... Let's see. We're good on... Oh, uh, actually over on DLive. Beth Ann, thanks for supporting the show. I can't remember if I shouted out DW Crabtree 2012 as well. Thank you for supporting the show. And over on Tippy Stream, let me give a quick refresh. And we are we're all set over on Tippy Stream. So just YouTube and we'll call it good. Mr. Crescentstein says, although I have many guns, I always come back to my Glock 17. It's the gun I carry on the job and the gun I have never once had an issue with. Mm-hmm. Slap an RMR cut slide with some grip tape on it. They run. You can't you can't argue with uh, clock functionality, man. Um, If I were a a better handgun shot than I am, uh, it's not a bad pick for kind of all purpose sort of firearm. Uh, And if you're a bad shot like me, you can kind of get those like uh, those um, brace kits that they make for way. What? Sword and scales on our live chat. Is this the real sword and scale? I don't know, but that's cool. It's a. I love sword and scale, so. Well, if you're the real Mike Boudet, then uh, hello. Mike Boudet, I love you. But you're if you're great. an imposter, 
I know, but Rodney Reed clearly did it. Like he clearly <laughs> did it. I'd like you to take a new look at this case because I love you. I think you're a fair guy, but like that dude, man, that uh. dude, he did it. Um, so did Julius Jones, but I don't know what your opinion on that is. Is the Watch little check mark next to the name? Yes, yes. Oh, so if this it might is be legit. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Sword and scale in the chat. You know, I've listened to some episodes of Sword and Scale that have like just haunted me for like weeks. Like I just have to take a break. There and was I, um my wife was listening to one of the recent ones that I haven't listened to that was about some kind of pedo stuff. And it was like terrible. I think it, I think I it like damaged her for the day. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There was some really, really bad pedo stuff. But yeah. no, he does he does great work. The only um the only blip on your career, Mike Bidet, is this this Rodney Reed thing. Take an yeah. honest look at the case again. Just Actually, really uh, if it is the real Mike Boudet, I need to I need to inquire too because I don't know that anybody has better audio production in the game. It is so good. The audio mixing <laughs> what, is so good. Tell me what you do to make your voice sound like that. I should and probably he, just like, drops ask in these of, little red pills too. Like I I knew he was listening to podcasts like ours. Ah, because every once well, in a while he'll say something that's like totally anti woke. And then I heard him uh, shit on the chicks from Crime Junkie the other day because they're always doing this like fucking tranny nonsense and like praying for Ukraine and everything like that. And he, he he gets his little digs in. Well, I All see right. you, Mike. I see you. Or if you're an imposter, congratulations on duping us for five minutes. Uh, well done. I know. Wow. I, I haven't simped so hard for anybody in our live chat. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. um, cool. Let's, let's close just catch up here. on YouTube. We'll call it a night. Uh, Jimmy P. I think young people wearing masks has something to do with the anonymity it provides to a generation that grew up socializing behind screens. That's true. We all were gonna be kind of weird, and now it's just um, it's just set in stone. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas H. Blonde, you just made everyone want to marry your mom, including me. My mom is awesome, but um, you know this like this woke boomer thing is really annoying because it's one thing if you get red pilled when you're like. 20 or like well, I was when I was probably like 24 because you still have the rest of your life ahead of you. The rage that comes with figuring everything out when you're like 60, <laughs> uh, she's just, she's just constantly in a rage. Well, wait, so she was one of those boomers. No, she's she just she never, reformed. she just didn't have a lot of uh, self-awareness. Like she oh. always hated because they lived in California. She always hated this like free love, hippie horse shit. Mm. They hated it. Um, but she just didn't really understand why like she's a natural conservative um no she's a if she heard me talk about that my mom is a different kind of boomer she's never been that way i love you mom fair enough all right uh long down john when calvin goes to school the good news is he won't get many yo mom jokes but he might get some matt and i once made love <laughs> oh i i hope this blows back on him that uh yeah great, great. that might be unavoidable although uh well he's he's not going to the public school that's already decided in general but certainly around here so maybe I'll shield him from that myself. Um, sore loser says there's a referendum in Donbass to join Donbass to join Russia in 2014. It was overwhelmingly pro-Russia. It was never recognized as legitimate by any political entity, mm. possibly rigged. Who knows? But it's food. OK. And if that's true. And um, as I said, I don't know much about the history of that. If that's true, though, that would change some of the calculation about what's justified here and what's not. If it if it was a situation where, say, a specific locale like that 
has has voted and tried to work through the political system to leave Ukraine and join Russia. And they're being sort of held captive by Ukraine. And this again, I'm speaking hypothetically because I don't know. I'm not making an accusation. But if if that was true, if that's the situation, well, then, you know, there's there's maybe um, more of a reasonable angle to it, as you were describing. But yeah, um, who knows? I mean, I don't know much about the history of that, but nobody does. And everybody's telling you that. You can't consider such possibilities or you're a terrible person. So you better fly that blue and yellow <laughs> flag and then or else talk face about the it all the time. Yeah. Even though Did, none of us are geopolitical experts, but I have to go out there and be like, oh, I care so much about Ukrainian sovereignty. Like, I did, give a fuck. Did you see uh, Randy Weingarten, the the teachers union president? She posted a picture with I stand with Ukraine. And it was the, the stripes were wrongly oriented. The the yellow was on top and the blue was on the bottom. Oh, really? So not only a plus virtue signal, but this is the lady who's in charge of, uh, uh, I don't know, thousands or millions of the people who are educating this country's youth. Great. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, we have one more and then we can boogie. Dangerous spaces. Just want to encourage new people thinking about calling in three new callers this week, two newbies, both last week and the week before. Just do it. Yeah, call in. Always appreciate hearing from new callers and, of course, appreciate Dangerous Spaces helping us out and making it uh, something that uh, people feel comfortable doing, too, because it's not just, you know, it's it's hard to call into a stream that is kind of its its own obstacle. But specifically with Discord and the technical uh, hurdles that exist with trying to achieve it there, he's yeah. um, huge help in, in getting people to try it out. So thank you uh, to our new callers and to Dangerous Spaces for helping them out. And uh, I and think we're all thank set you, then, right? Mike Bidet. Thank you. We appreciate it. If that is, in fact, it that is. I clicked on it. Went to the sword and scale channel, so. Well, who knows? Maybe it's a minion of his or something, too. Oh, he's going to be so mad. He's like, I'm talking <laughs> to the super far right chat. They noticed you're in there and then they talked about you for five Yeah, you, you better get out of here before someone screenshots it and then they go after you, you know, and get you and get you in trouble or something yeah. like that. Yep. All right. Well, uh, anything else before we uh, call it a night? Nope. All set. Okay. Well, uh, thank you guys for hanging out with us as always. Uh, we will be back on Sunday to talk about the rest of the week's events. I'm sure some of which will be uh, was the Jussie Smollett prison experiences. Yep. And um, of course, if you're looking for uh, anything else show related, head on over to the website. That's Matt Christensen Media. Dot com. You can listen to the rest of the show from tonight if you missed the start or any part of it. Uh, and we will see you back here on Sunday night. Thanks for spending time with us and have a good night. 